I just wanted to also say it. Okay, then go for it. Jesus Christ. No, you... <laughs> hey everyone, welcome to Fuck on Kill, the podcast where we talk about the podcast. The podcast where we talk about other podcasts that are not this podcast. Not exactly. any real podcast either. They're just podcasts that we made up. Like uh, Yes, precisely. God, I don't even remember. Oh yeah, Detective Train is the big one. Mm. That's the, the moneymaker. The moneymaker, yes. Uh, there was an evil Detective Train one as well. There was. I think that was a Halloween special. Yeah, yeah. Just a one, one time off. Uh, mm. There's one, one where I explain off. things to you. Yes. No, periods of time. I explain periods of time to you. <laughs> Um, there's one about there's one where I, there's probably one where I explain periods to you. Um, yeah, that's the that's the darkest timeline. We don't talk about this book. <laughs> um, yeah, and we made up one last week, but I don't remember what it was. Um, I don't think it was very interesting, honestly. No, but for real though, guys, this is a podcast where we talk about films, usually horror films, or. Sometimes. Something like that, like similar We've to horror. Kind of changed it now. Yeah, With now the, it's you know we want to provide the people with entertainment, and sometimes you gotta you gotta switch it up. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you gotta you know release a deadly virus to the world and see everything <laughs> burning. And so since that happened, we adjusted. Yeah, some people have said it was an extreme way for us to get new listeners, but you gotta respect the hustle. Hey, you know, you do what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. There's sacrifices to be made. That's that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, so we talk about different kinds of films, but usually somewhere in the realm of horror, or, you know, we try to make a case. Yeah, to entertain the people. Yeah. And we're coming off the back of um, Apostle, so we thought we might, um, I don't know, switch gears. We've honestly yeah. just returned with something much more terrifying. Uh, no, that's kind of true. Yeah, we we went into maybe five, and now we're trying to gear down to like a three. But I'd say we got to like a four, which makes more sense. If you're if you're going down from five, you should go to four first. Usually, I mean, you don't have to. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really good at maths. I haven't. I, I'm talking about driving a car. I have not driven a car in, in ages. Um, oh. But you know, when you have the gear and you put it in five and then you, you're like, I don't know, need to slow down because the police is there. It's just like, put it to four. You know what I'm talking about? Makes sense. It's a horror podcast. Uh, and at the end of the, <laughs> uh, the podcast, we, we play a game called uh, Fuck on Kill. That's the name of the podcast. How do you say hello in Polish? You say cześć. That's usually how cześć. you do it. Cześć. Cześć, yeah. Cześć, it's me, uh, I'm from Poland. And hey, I am Abby. <laughs> That's my impression of you. Thank you. That was great. You know who else is from Poland? Uh, Roman Polanski. No, Tommy Wiseau. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We talked about it on the podcast, and uh, but we, we can were... talk about it now. Yeah, and we were like, oh, we can't say, but now we can say. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, that's a really great thing that happened. If you don't know, Tommy Wiseau directed The Room and he was fighting a legal battle uh, against a bunch of dudes who were uh, who made a documentary about The Room uh, because they found out where he's from. And yeah, 
basically, you know, made a documentary, used a, a few snippets of the room and interviewed the cast and just because like it's not like, you know, showing Tommy Wiseau as a god amongst men, he was very unhappy with it and tried to sue the fuck out of them. Um and he lost terribly. Ha <laughs> now the world knows he's not from New Orleans. Yeah, he's New Orleans. not from New, New Orleans, yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> he was born in Poznan, where I where I went to college, which is uh, great. Whoa! Do they also reveal how old he is and how he has all the money? No, um, that's the next information I want to find out. See, I don't know. Like, like Tommy sued sued them, but like the film is not that bad. Like, it, it's like you know, it shows where he was born, but it really is not malicious in its intent. I think so. Yeah. He uh, he really I mean, overreacted. It's like weird. Yeah, it's kind of weird to be like, no one can know that I was born in New Orleans. Or, like... that, fuck, he's brainwashed me. <laughs> no one can know I was born in Poland. It's like, is that really the worst thing that could be about a person? Well, as a Polish person, I will tell you that there's, you know, I kind of get it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but no, you know, it's public information. That's just it. You know, there's like, what what are you gonna do? It's um, yeah. I mean, I don't think I thought like, I don't know how you could even think that that legal battle is something you would win. Like, yes, see, Your Honor, I just don't want people to know um that I was born in Poznan. So I that's think... my problem here. The judge would be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, it was. Cr- it's kind of. It's. Just, I think like it's a very stupid way to approach this case. But as we know, Tommy has a lot of money, so he bought very good lawyers. And what they were mostly successful in is delaying the process for a very long time. So it was going on for years, right? And mm-hmm. um, those guys, they, they wanted to release the, the documentary along with the disaster artists, you know, so that they get the buzz, you know, disaster artists is out. They release a real documentary about, you know, the room and stuff uh, around a similar time so that, you know, they can get a little bit of the attention, which is a normal way you do that kind of stuff. But he sued mm-hmm. them so much and it went on for so long that it's what, like two, three years later? That, yeah, he fucked it up. Yeah. So he did kind of succeed in that, even though his claim is crazy. I think he was claiming, like, yeah, copyright to a bunch of things. Uh, yeah, to the snippets of the room that are used within the documentary for sure. Even though, you know, fair use, you know, it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. We're not showing it. You know, it's it's, it's a whole thing. Uh, yeah. if, if you use the fragments of a film in a documentary, you know, talking about it and commenting on it, that's usually considered fair use. Um, but also, like, he claimed that they're, you know, using his life and his personal life and stuff like that. And he said that, you know, he only authorized it for, like, Greg Sestero for his book and, and the film. Like, all of his claims were were stupid. And that's why mm-hmm. he lost, and he has to pay them a lot of money now. So I guess there is some <laughs> justice. And he does have a lot of money, so um, it works. Well, not anymore. What's going to happen to the production of Big Shark? Well, we don't know. No... Maybe we should talk about Big Shark when it comes out. Is that his new film with Greg Sestero? Yeah, it's called Big Shark. See, I've never even I've never even seen The Room. Oh. I don't know how, given um how long I've known you and how it's the only thing you ever talk about. Yeah. I've never talked about anything <laughs> else. It's like we no, have a no, podcast no. where we talk no. about No. Whenever we have the podcast, it's just you saying the room over and over again. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, and talking about all my sexy secrets <laughs> oh so uh, talking about sexy secrets uh here's an update on 
uh, my dating app experience. <gasps> oh, yes. Because um, that's a bit we do on the show now, uh, where I share my personal life with you. Um, <laughs> not much changed. I, I talked to one other uh, woman about aliens. Uh, oh. I don't know. That's it. Uh, other observations I have. No, about uh, extraterrestrial life in general. All right. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say that uh, while the matching is not going very well, Hinge seems to think that... Because Hinge, like, Hinge... Um, well, we talked about how it works on the last episode, but what we didn't talk about is that every once in a while, it kind of shows you somebody and says, we think you two should match. It's got, like, a little... A purple box, yeah. which is like, oh, you guys, based on what you are saying and choosing, it seems like you two are very matched up and you should meet or whatever. So I've been getting a few of those. And for some reason, the hinge thinks that uh, I should be matched with a like extremely attractive woman. Like all of my <laughs> great matches, there were like there were girls who were just like so pretty. Like crazy pretty, and I have no idea where that comes from. Have you tried it? What do you mean tried it? Have you have you I don't know. Have you tried messaging any of them? Oh yeah, like a few. No, because yeah, uh, some of them were uh, also not very interesting from what I read. But yeah, like about maybe half of them I actually wrote to, and yeah, none of them wrote back. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no not obviously i when i was on hinge i feel like it often it just suggested indian men to me oh and i was like okay strangely specific that is strangely specific yeah uh but i never i never had like really any interesting conversations on hinge i don't think mm-hmm. i don't know what it is about it i don't know it's weird it's a, but I think it's like the logic behind the app is pretty good. It's definitely better than Tinder, but I think. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of cursed. They're a bit fun though. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't make me feel as shitty as Tinder does, which is uh, yeah, which is why I I keep doing it. Also because of the bit for the podcast. But uh, <laughs> I yeah, when I use Tinder, every time I use Tinder, I just felt terrible afterwards, and you just keep swiping, and it just feels like, oh. I just I felt really bad, and this doesn't make me feel that way. This makes me feel okay. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, hinge doesn't make you feel as bad, which is good. Yeah, you could also try Bumble, but I don't know. Yeah, maybe once this uh, when once I don't have anything to say about this, then I'll install. <laughs> once all the women are gone, uh, I am getting duplicates. I think at this point, honestly, I think oh, we're kind of at the at the end of it. All right, that's it. Okay, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> I started the bit and I'm stopping it now. Let's move on uh, to the film that we have prepared for you today. Yes, today we have watched. Well, we didn't. I watched it yesterday. Um, I think you also watched it yesterday. No, I we watched, watched it today. Oh, you watched it today. Today and yesterday we watched Coraline. Coraline. Directed by. Henry Selick, whoever that is. We do know who he is. He is the mastermind behind um, The Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach, as well as Coraline. We should do James and the Giant Peach someday, but way ahead because it's it, it would, it's quite reminiscent of Coraline. Have you ever seen James and the Giant Peach? Yes, I love it so much. 
Have you not seen it? Uh, no, I've never seen that. <gasps> it's incredible. Oh, is it? It okay. is so great. I love it. Oh, I used cool. to always watch it when I was younger. Oh, nice. It's so good. Uh, well, I've obviously, obviously, I've seen Nightmare Before Christmas, and I like it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I think I like this even better. This is based on a, a Neil Gaiman book, um, mm-hmm. uh, who's a very prolific writer, probably one of the most known writers today, I guess. He's kind of the name and the mm-hmm. face you kind of recognize. Um, and he wrote a bunch of other stuff that has been adapted into all sorts of things. Um, I think a lot of TV shows, right? Like American Gods and um, what else he did? Uh, Good Omens is, is now on Prime. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're doing that. The, the Sandman, He that's a, that's a graphic novel. Um, yeah, so he's kind of a, a prolific kind of, I think, mostly fantasy uh, writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coraline. Yeah, Coraline is a, is a book he wrote. I, I have not read the book. Have you read the book? Of course I haven't. It's a book. Yeah, I'll sorry about that. Yeah, sure. You don't read. <laughs> uh, as we know. It's a well-established <laughs> fact on this podcast. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a book. It's supposed to... Yeah, I think it was also like a, a children's book. Um, a, a children's, you know. It was. Yeah. So there's... Megan told me an interesting story. Oh. Um, I'm trying to find... Megan is my sister, for anyone listening. <laughs> Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna find it. I'll just tell you the like general gist of the story she told me. Okay. Um, basically, so Neil Gaiman, I guess, like he was, because he was saying that it was a kids' book, and he sent it to his publisher, and his publisher was like, "This is too scary." Yeah. Um, I don't think it should be a kids' book. And then whatever happened, whatever transpired, she gave it to her. It wasn't done yet. It was like half of it or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and she. The publisher, I'm assuming the publisher was a woman. I don't actually know if they were. The publisher gave their the book to their daughter. Um, and the daughter read it and they asked if they thought it was scary. And the daughter was like, no, um, I loved it. And then um, that was basically what gave them, gave that the publisher the confidence to be like, okay, yeah, you can publish it as a kid's book. And then years later, the publisher's daughter was like, oh no, I found that terrifying. I just also really needed to know what happened next. Yeah. So basically, the we have we have Coraline as a kids' uh, book and thus movie because this child lied, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah, it's very nice. But it's, of that but child I think it's lie. yeah. But I think it's also it is sort of that thing of like kids can like kids don't necessarily not like I don't know. It's like obviously you're scared of something, but it's the same way of like when you like watching horror films. At least for me. Oh, it's been a while since I think I've watched a horror film that's like scared me. Um, but it's that thing of like watching something and you're like, this is like this is scary and I'm afraid, but I do like I'm I'm interested and I want to know what's gonna happen. It's like you're not giving like children enough credit if you're like, oh, it would just be too scary. They wouldn't want it. It's like there's so many more layers to just being like this is scary. Yeah, definitely. And there's I I think there's a pretty big culture of you know uh content that's 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 horror for kids and and there's lots of books and and comic books and i don't know things that are even more overtly horror than this Mm -hmm. you know this is uh definitely disturbing and has a lot of content that's i i I imagine that a publisher looks at it and they're like uh well okay that's uh that's a bit much don't you think (laughs) but uh (laughs) But you know, we we have stuff like goosebumps and and things like that, which which has uh, you know more overtly horror stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had um on Nickelodeon, we had Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, I don't know if you ever watched that. No. Um, 
yeah it was more i feel like in the late 90s early 2000s um but it was like a ghost story it was pretty kind of i guess probably similar to goosebumps yeah it was like a ghost story show where they would be like in an attic with like a candle telling like a circle of kids telling scary stories and then they would like visualize the scary story uh-huh. as like a little short film basically um and that was scary but it was also great that sounds great I, i'm into that it was great wow i'll try and find it on youtube it's so good hmm. i mean from what i remember last time i watched it was uh-huh. over 10 years ago for sure yeah, I, 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 we didn't have that. The only thing that I remember that was really scary from when I was a kid was Goosebumps, and I was not allowed to watch Goosebumps too much because, yeah, because it was like pretty much yeah, like little s- small horror stories made for kids, and um, yeah, and there were a few that kind of that I guess I kind of watched at some point or like I don't know that maybe kind of slipped through the cracks that I've seen, which were, like, about a boy starting to have, like, fly vision or whatever. I remember, like, a point of view Ugh. from the point of view of the of the child that you kind of see stuff in that kind of, you know, multiple screens fly vision that kind of freaked me out. And, uh, yeah, I remember the dog with the glowing eyes from the beginning credits thing. Um, I feel like I don't remember watching Goosebumps. I'm sure I did. I remember reading the books. Or at least owning the books, mm-hmm. <laughs> whether or not I read them. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I more so remember Are You Afraid of the Dark? Okay. But yeah. we, I don't know. Maybe Goosebumps was like harder to find or something? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But yeah, Coraline. Well, did you did you watch Coraline when it came out? No. I think I've seen fragments of it uh, at some point. I'm, I'm the same. I think I've seen bits of it, but I've never seen the whole thing until yesterday. It kind of came out at a time where I think where you were in like the worst age for this because we were like, you know, later teen teenagers. So, yeah, it came out in um, 2009. So we so are like, like 15. F- 15. Yeah. Yeah. 15 is kind of the age where you're like, no, this kid's film. Yeah. And that's back when my sister was like free. So she was mm. also like the wrong age. So I think like later on, probably she watched it and I kind of saw like bits and pieces from it. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, I feel like I remember seeing fragments like I changed the channel on the TV and Coraline was playing and I maybe saw like a bit of the middle or something. Yeah, I definitely um, like had some sort of like, you know, I when I was watching it today, I, I had like, you know, something was kind of coming back to me just in some of the uh, some of the images kind of, you know, especially the, the buttons in the eyes. I think I saw that before. So for sure, it was probably just playing in the background or something like that. And I was doing something else. Yeah. Uh, but my family definitely saw it, and yeah, it, that it did have that. It does have that sort of reputation of the film that was a bit too scary, I think, for whenever my sister watched it, mm-hmm. um, because I think it was just kind of yeah. I think the implications of this film are disturbing. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think you watch it. You watch it now. Like you watch it as an adult, and you're you're like, this is scary. Yeah. Like I watched it. Um, yesterday I watched it with Megan and Parker. Yeah. And um. That, like afterwards we were all just like <gasps> that was scary it uses a lot of horror tropes and mm. images as well it, it uses a lot of you know that kind of stuff and also it's more concerned with just being like a film i think than with being a ch- children's film so I, that's where mm-hmm. i think that kind of unease comes from because it doesn't feel particularly catered to children in the way it explained things 
and the way it, you know the, the the story moves forward sometimes you just kind of see a film and you can kind of feel that it was made for kids because it's so basic and um mm-hmm. you know and, and the motivations of the characters are you know so so easy that you kind of everybody can understand what's going on and there's mm-hmm. you know different sorts of layers to it but this doesn't feel like that it just feels mm-hmm. feels like a film it's just about a kid so it can be yeah for a kid. and Coraline so this is stop motion and I think yeah. stop motion is always always super eerie as well well I don't know I, mean, I, I think feel like a... there's something it's the, I feel like it's the eeriest type of animation it can be think of it can be like that's the thing I think in, in Nightmare Before Christmas it's not as eerie I mean was it Disney yeah it's Disney so it's like it has to be a bit more kind of I don't know I don't know. I, I mean, that's possibly not even the reason behind it. I just find that Nightmare Before Christmas, and I've only seen it like once. I don't really like it that much. Um, but it's the stop motion is a bit more seamless, but in a way that then like I feel like I like the way it's a little bit more like visible in Coraline because I think it adds to the eeriness, like the bits where you can kind of be like, yeah, this is stop motion. I, I uh, thought it was incredibly seamless, honestly, and I, from my what I remember what? from Nightmare Before Christmas, it, it's a bit more. Yeah, manual, from what I remember. Like, it's less fluid, mm-hmm. for sure, in terms of, like, frames per second and stuff like that, I think. Um, although I haven't seen it in a few years. But, yeah, yeah it's I been made, the... like, you know, what, ages ago, so, Nin- you know. Yeah, 93. I think, I guess it's kind of, it's a thing of, not necessarily that it's, like, seamless. It's more, like, I like, the point of stop motion is that you want to see that it's stop motion. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, it's, a, it's such an art, and, like, being able to see that, and it kind of reminds you, and you're like, oh, my God. They did this through stop motion is insane, yeah. but I just think it's 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 the most or one of the most like eerie methods. And the same like James of the Giant Peach is also stop motion, obviously, and it's really eerie. Um, like I would probably say, and I guess it helps that it's Roald Dahl. I feel like James of the Giant Peach is like definitely on par with like the scariness of Coraline. I haven't seen it in quite a while, but I mean, there's scenes in it that are just so terrifying. Mm-hmm. That are like can think of in my brain like there's a scene no i don't know we'll watch it for the podcast <laughs> okay uh, i'm not that's gonna fine. tell you <laughs> have you seen uh have you seen, uh have you seen any of the other leica studios films because that's made by Leica. i think that's their first like big film that they made right i don't think so so they made kubo and the two strings i think Coraline's the only one i've seen i haven't okay. seen paranorman yeah um missing link is the one that they made recently yeah that's which the newest is so cursed looking uh, I agreed. Uh, Missing Link looks really bad for some reason. Um, it's horrible. And I don't think maybe it's not. I I don't know. Maybe it's not really bad because yeah, most. I mean, what I've seen, I've seen this now, and I've seen Kubo and the Two Strings. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Kubo's I, supposed to be good, isn't it? Yeah, it was great. I saw it uh, in the cinema with my sister, uh, mm-hmm. and it was one of those animation films that I think I enjoyed more than than she did. Just because, yeah, it's just so well made, <laughs> you know. It's the same thing that you watch this, you know. Coraline is also like I don't know. I just I just watch it and I just I just look at it and I'm just kind of you know entranced by Mesmerized. how it's made and how it's created and everything like that. You know, it's like I think Kubo is not as good as a of a, a film, maybe you know necessarily. I think it's got a great setting and a pretty cool story and it's it's okay, but it's not like you know it's not jumping out. Uh, as much as Coraline in terms of, uh, I, I guess, all the stuff going on underneath. But it's, like, still, yeah. like, wonderfully made. So beautiful. So, 
um, so full of life, you know. Um, so That's that great. that was just one of the other ones, and I really want to see like Paranorman. That that looks fucking amazing. Um, yeah, Paranorman looks pretty good. And box trolls also also look pretty cool. Um, I just remember getting a box trolls um, toy from a McDonald's Happy Meal. I had to be weird. Yeah, I think I gave it to my brother. Probably. See, see those films? They don't. I don't feel like they fit in within that kind of animation world of, of kids stuff. They they are kind of for kids, but they also feel very different from what you even get from like a Pixar, or definitely that you, what you mm-hmm. get from Disney. Um, you know, in terms of just uh, just it seems like the the seriousness of it, or like they it's it feels like they really treat it seriously. You know, if you watch like a DreamWorks animation, then you're usually like, oh, you know. It's very hit and miss, you know. Uh, it's, it's very true. much you, a lot of those films feel like they're yeah just made for kids because kids don't care. So you know, like here here's a film about fucking singing animals. Care. You know, <laughs> have you seen that one? Here's troll dolls. No, what one are you talking about? Like sing? Um, sing the one that's yeah. called sing. No, I haven't. Yeah. That's just singing animals, right? What what the fuck? Yeah, I feel like it's. I think it's like Pitch Perfect, but animals instead. Yeah. It's, it's like, like I don't most, need this. It's like a producer coming up with like the most, you know, the easiest like bottom of the barrel ideas. Just like, oh, kids uh, and Pitch Perfect. That's what they like. Okay, fucking animals, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Talking about But I mean, I think it's, there's definitely an element of like you, um, like Disney has done all the fairy tales, and it, it be, there comes becomes a point where it's like I don't know if there's really anything left to like do the fairy tales again or do them differently as much and so it comes down to having to find the new stories like the new like stories that like um tap into your imagination more both like a child and an adult and like they don't come along as often because the like the fairy tales took years to like you know happen yeah i guess so it's like you're kind of waiting like Coraline is one of those stories that's like this is an amazing story. This is like creative and different and it sparks your imagination, but they're not going to come up as often because we were using different, we were using old source material and now it's trying to get, it's it all has to be like the new source material. I yeah, know. I guess to a degree, I think that's true. I think Disney is just having a really hard time. I mean, they're not, obviously they're making loads of money. They're not having a hard time. I think creatively they've been having a hard time for, for a long time in terms of Disney studios and, I think there's an element of like studios maybe thinking that they need to like start integrating technology or like thinking that technology should become something that their movies sometimes focus on or anything. And it's like kids don't like need that. Like kids still have imaginations that need to grow and like that want to be, you know, they want to have their imagination like tapped into when they watch a movie. Uh, I, I'm not sure if that's the, the the issue. You know, technology allowed for a lot of great things to happen, and you know, uh, it's great that I think technology or like lack of technology it doesn't matter as much as as just a sense of style. You know, Leica has definitely their mm-hmm. own style, and they have their own style of animation, and they just perfected it. Clearly, you know, it looks amazing yeah. every time. So that's just their thing, and they keep getting better at it, or they keep working at it. So they don't need the technology. And Pixar, on the other hand, you know, they keep upping up the game in terms of all the technology coming in. And, you know, I guess mm-hmm. you could argue that it's kind of maybe sometimes interfering, but I don't know. Pixar was always kind of ahead of the game. That was just their thing. You know, they were pushing it forward. And I don't think, you know, Pixar had like 
10 years of just amazing things constantly. They had like a good decade of just fucking mm-hmm. hit after hit. Um, amazing stuff, right? Like back from when they started with Toy Story to like, I don't know, when did it start breaking down? Like Finding Nemo, maybe even a bit later. Um, Finding Nemo is great. Yeah, Finding Nemo is great. I'm I had saying. a dream last night. I had okay. a dream that Sarah... Gives- <laughs> I had a dream that Sarah gave me one of her um one of her pet crabs. She doesn't have one currently, but she gave me a pet crab and okay. it was so cute and it would like talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> what would it say? Well, okay, it wouldn't talk to me. It would just make noises. It would go Meh. I don't know, it was cute. Okay. Well, that's kind of sweet. Friend. Anyways, <laughs> I just remembered. <laughs> no, so I'm just I'm just looking at the list of Pixar films, right? Mhm. Um I mean I'm trying to think about Pixar. So, like, Toy Story is good. Finding Nemo is good. Okay, so it's like, okay, Toy Story, right? Amazing. You know, mm-hmm. can't argue. A Bug's Life, very good, underrated. <gasps> the best. Uh, Toy Story Toy 2, one of the best sequels in, in cinema history. I don't know. Great film. Mm-hmm. Toy Story mm-hmm. 2. Monsters, Inc., my favorite Pixar film. Um, mm, Monsters, Inc. is amazing. It's just like, I don't know, Monsters, Inc. is just... It's like when the, if you allow somebody who's got like a great idea to just like go for it, you know. And that's mm-hmm. what Pixar was for a lot of time, you know. It was just like this yeah. guy had an idea and they were like, just fucking go for it. He goes for it and it's just like this whole world and it's oh, it's amazing and breathing. And, you yeah, know, it's everything. amazing. Um, mm-hmm. And Monsters, Inc. Uh, Finding Nemo. Good stuff. Um, the Incredibles. You know, amazing. Amazing. Can you say? Uh, cars. That's when you start getting like a little crack. You know, cars is like, hmm, not sure about that. I've never seen cars. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's okay. Cars is okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Ratatouille. Uh, perfect. Ratatouille's good. Can't touch it. Amazing film. Wally. Amazing. Uh, yeah. Perfect. Don't be. Don't like don't do that Wally. face. Wally's great. Mm. Can you imagine, mm-hmm. like, what what a risk that is, you know? You make a film that's basically a silent film for half of it. For kids. I was bored. Well, you didn't pay attention. Because Wally's fucking <laughs> amazing. It's a great love story. It's like Chaplin stuff. It's amazing. I loved Wally. So good. Uh, Up is next. And that's also when I feel like we start getting, you know... It's like, it's good, but... Mm-hmm. If your film, I think that if you have, if the best part of your film is the first 15 minutes, then there's a problem, you know, there's something. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people talk about Up and it's like, oh, it's so amazing. And they talk about the first 15 minutes and it's like, oh, I just cried. And it's like, but that's, because I think I saw it in the cinema. Um, And it's definitely, the start is super emotional. But then when you think about it, is the rest even that good? Like, I don't even really know what happens throughout it. It's not that great. It's kind of they're kind of cheating. I mean, I don't think they're cheating. I think that the I mean, way yeah, this not. film can get you, I think the way this film can get you emotional in like, like three minutes of of screen time is uh, pretty amazing. But yeah, but and then, it's still like it's still fun and whimsical. Like the concept is still fun. Well, that's my problem with it. It starts off on a, such an emotional note, and then you start doing um, a pretty normal this kind of film, and that's you know, and it's not as engaging. Like you know. Commit to yeah, it. That's true. Um, it's that's the thing. Yeah. Wally does it a bit too, but Wally has it for a, a lo- longer time. You know, you have like at least half the film where it's where it's really different, and then the the thing kind of kicks into gear. But that it's still like you know most of the film or like half the film where it's you know where it's that kind of thing. 
So it feels more earned. And up is just, yeah, the 15 minutes. Uh, yeah. And then we get Toy Story 3, which I like. Also good. Um, and then we get Cars 2. And I think that's when it starts breaking out. Yeah, I think uh, the thing is, is that Pixar started to rely on sequels. They're like, this worked. Let's keep going. And I mean... The thing with like Toy Stories, the first two sequels are really good. I haven't even seen the fourth one because and like before I would have been like it's like before I would have been like I need to see the new Toy Stories come out. I need to see. I saw all of them in the cinema except Toy Story four, and I still haven't seen it because it's just like, what else do you have to say? And I know that it'll be good. It's just like I think it becomes that point of being like, is this necessary? Like yeah. Frozen, and I mean I know this isn't Pixar, but like Frozen didn't need a sequel. Frozen's yeah. good, and I don't think it needs a sequel. I haven't seen the sequel. You know, I didn't like Frozen very much. Me neither. But that's the thing is that I don't think I think it becomes it does reach that point where they're like, well, this there's no there's not as many new or like creative ideas that they've got. And so they're just being like, well, this one, people liked this. Yeah. So let's just do this again. And I just want to know where where Bugs Life 2 is. Cowards. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> they made, you know, they made Monsters University, which um, which was the sequel I was waiting for. And it was not as good. You know, I was a little bit disappointed. Yeah. So maybe don't wait for it, you know. Yeah, no, I don't think it would be good. But that's the thing is that I think they latched on to like, because Toy Story was like their most successful film. Yeah, yeah. I think. So they were like, well, this, everyone loves this. Let's just keep making it. Yeah. But I don't think like, it's kind of funny because yeah, that makes sense. But like none of those Toy Story films really feel like that. Like it feels like they're trying. Even the fourth one, while it's not necessary, I would agree. It, it's not a film about nothing. You know, they do have an mm-hmm. idea of where they want it to go. And it, it yeah. is a film about something else than like what free was about um it's less about yeah, they're andy you know yeah they're good at like making new plots for toy story <laughs> they're good at making up like new plots and like ways to go with toy story i think it just comes down to being like yeah. how about if there's nothing there isn't really anything else to add to this story you're just using the same format which works really well and doing a good job with it and like using yeah. a lot of the same characters etc but it's not necessary like i don't need to know again and again what's going to keep happening every yeah. 10 years whereas like use that creative energy and push it into something else like yeah i wonder if they're gonna do five i hope they don't because like the thing yeah, about free was many. yeah i think the problem was that the free ended on such a note that it really felt like an ending like you felt like it ended uh and mm-hmm. you know that's that's it um because free has the the whole thing with andy you know giving away the toys and kind of moving on and you're like okay that's the end of, of andy in the series like you know andy's a grown-up guy now he doesn't need toys so the story's over right and the fourth yeah. one tries to be more about well okay andy's story's over but what about the toys right so it tries mm-hmm. to finish that so hopefully that's it but well we'll see but then you know yeah, it's hard. some of the sequels were good incredibles 2 i thought was pretty amazing Incredibles 2 is amazing, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was great. And they still make great stuff. I loved Inside Out. Like, I loved, 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 yeah. loved it. And I, re- I really like Coco too. And I, I'm generally... I have seen Coco, yes. Yeah, it's very good. But yeah, but 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 Pixar definitely, because I think they start producing more as well. And now it's like two films a year, or like every year there's a film or something. I think mm-hmm. um, that's maybe why, you know, the quality is not as consistent as it used to be. Because it used to be... You know, you went to see a Pixar film. It was like a, it's gonna be quality material. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. a certain level of quality that you're not gonna go under uh, always. And yeah. now it's a bit more. You know, it's, it's it's a bit. You know, you never know. And it's like you always get tired with stuff a little bit. But still, mm-hmm. I think that Pixar had 
an amazing run of of just like years and years and years of just consistently good not even good great you know um great films that were really pushing the boundaries that kind of defined a lot of the things we're seeing in animation and yeah they just changed the game and they did that with a lot with technology and with, with stuff like that. So I don't think technology mm-hmm. is the bad guy here. I think the bad guy is the lack of creativity and the the, the that kind of um, that fear that if you do or create something new or different, then people are not going to engage with it and that kids are going to be lost and that you know there's no no reason to to uh, put money into something with that much risk in it. Yeah, I guess there's also a a degree of like I wonder to what extent are they still rotating the same teams and if they are those teams are doing great things but you also need to like get the new brains in because of course if you're keeping the same team from the 90s around they're going to be like well Toy Story like they're going to like th- this was their like amazing thing they made same with Brad Bird he's going to be like well let's do another Incredibles it was really good yeah like you know and it is the thing of also needing like the newer talent and the like newer brains uh, I Not think that the other ones that, are bad, yeah. but just trying to like t- trying to um, get new ideas is the yeah. point, I guess. And I think they're trying to do that. It's just you know, it's just a bit like you know, it's always a thing where a company gets bigger and you start need to get more revenue, and it, it's like it becomes a bigger machine. That's when kind of more trouble seeps in um, in terms yeah. of quality. That's just normal. I think they're trying their best in terms of make sure you know that you kind of get different people in and with different kinds of stories you know coco is a good one because it's a it's a new guy who did this one mm-hmm. and uh oh no sorry no he he directed toy story free but he's not one of the like original ones um, yeah anyway but yeah because i think as well like doing more things like that that are like it doesn't need to be this crazy wild out there idea like it can be something like you know it's this kid and this is his culture and this is something that happens like doing something a bit different but still like we don't need to, something else to talk. Yeah. You know, like, feelings have feelings. What next? Like, like Feelings have feelings was great. That. It was fucking amazing. I love it. No, I know. It was amazing. But what I mean is that, like, you know, you can also just, like, do human stories. Yeah. what's their new one? Onward? Yeah, Onward is the one that... Um, I hate the idea of Onward. I, I have no idea what the idea is. Um... But yeah, that's the one I wanted to mention it because yeah, it just came out right before the right before the pandemic hit for real and they lost a lot of money on it, unfortunately. Um, I feel like they would have lost a lot of money anyway. Well, I don't know. It kind of looks, well, yeah, no. it looks kind of boring, but I've heard good things about it. Um, so I don't know. I'm not going to say anything until I've seen it. Like I haven't seen Good Dinosaur Eaters, so I'm not giving an opinion on that, for example. Right. There was something about the Good Dinosaurs the first year that Disney released, Disney and Pixar both released something. Yeah. So like Disney released Frozen and Pixar released The Good Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. That was the first year that it ever happened. And that's why like The Good Dinosaur kind of never got its moment, whether or not it deserved one, who knows? Because uh, yeah. I also haven't seen it. But like because Frozen came out that year, so like who the fuck's going to care about The Good Dinosaur? Yeah, no, that's true. Mm. I think it was Frozen anyway. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's the that's the studio Pixar. We're not talking about Pixar. We're talking about Leica Studio. <laughs> That was a great yeah, segue. <laughs> that was like <laughs> half an hour uh, moment in the, uh, in the episode where we talk about something else. You're welcome, listener. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. This is what we give you. Also, I lied. Frozen was released in 2013. The Good Dinosaur uh, was 2015. 
Yeah, that was later. Moana? Maybe I'm thinking of Moana. Who knows? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Welcome to Coraline Podcast, the podcast where we talk about Coraline and only Coraline. Nothing else. We will never mention another film during this podcast. Laika and only Laika. That's a fuck on kill promise. Okay, so <laughs> the Cor- Coraline starts and uh, the film starts with uh, a scary robot hand disassembling a doll. Um, which reminds me of a film called Toy Story 2, uh, where there's a scene. <laughs> no, Mate. <laughs> this is the this is the Leica podcast. <laughs> That's literally one of my first notes. Is um... do you remember that scene yeah. in Toy Story 2 where they take out Woody and they um, there's a guy who comes in and he's like the guy who takes care of toys. And he makes yeah. sure they're refurbished. So, and he has this like box full of different kind of uh, tools that he uses. And he takes Woody and he like uh, cleans his eyes and uh, paints stuff. And I think fixes his arm. And it's like such an amazing scene. I just remember it so vividly because when I was watching it as a kid, I was like, oh my God, that feels, so- I don't know. It's like there's something weird about that sort of precision. This guy is so focused on it. And it's like, it's, it's well lauded as like ASMR. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- this reminded me of this, it. but this is like more creepy because this like takes out like a doll mm. and things. It's just like a, a little scene that's that's coming on as as the opening credits roll, and we kind of see like, the a... opening sequence is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's also it's very a, meta and kind of set, sets up that kind of idea of it's a yeah it's a film you that that's using dolls. Uh, that's also about dolls or like dolls are an integral part of the story Mm. Um, yeah so we kind of start with this yeah so that's the that's the opening credits and then we uh, start the film starts in uh, Pink Palace Apartments yes a a classic uh, trope of a house on a hill Uh, it's in the mountains I think it seems like a a pretty desolate place it is on a hill, and it's got this kind of mansion thing going for it. Although it's like an apartment block, it's uh, mm-hmm. there are a few apartments there with different people living in it. I think three, four, three. Um, yeah, there's like three, including Coraline's family. There's like yeah. three tenants, I guess. And it, yeah. but it's that classic thing of like a um, like this gorgeous old building that has just become something really mundane. Yeah. No, we don't know what it ever was before. It could have been apartments before, but it's like a gorgeous building, and now it's just like an apartment complex. Yeah, and it seems to be like away from everything, just kind of in the forest, in the mountains, nothing around it. Um, and yeah, and kind of starts off with like a moving company taking some stuff in, and uh, yeah, and then we see Coraline. She's a she's a girl with blue hair, and she goes out of her house, gets a stick, and starts looking for a well. Because she heard there's a secret mm-hmm. well around. And she's really bored. She's interested. Uh, she's interested in a well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's she's walking around and she comes across. She steps accidentally into. I know it wasn't this. But I wrote down she stepped into a fairy ring. Because it gave me the same like. It evoked the same thing of like when I was younger. Um, so it's, some, it's like mushrooms that are in a circle formation. They've created a circle or whatever. But it reminded me of fairy rings when I was younger and you cannot step in fairy rings because the fairies will come and kill you. What the fuck is a fairy ring? I have no idea what that is. So a fairy ring is, it's like a circle. um, And it's basically like a circle. I mean, no, I think it is actually mushrooms, but I think we also, ref- we would refer to it for like 
daisies and stuff like basically uh-huh. it's like a circle formation like in the grass of like mushrooms or fairy or, fa- <laughs> or fairies <laughs> it's a, okay it's that a circle sense. formation of like mushrooms or like flowers daisies usually where it's just like a, a circle with nothing in the middle so it's like it's not a full circle what's the how would i i don't know okay so it's like a like a thing in the <laughs> ground that's like there's like a few things growing around it kind of so you can kind of make out like a circle inside and you yeah, don't so step yeah, into like, it because they're fairies or whatever basically it's just the, the whole thing is like you can't go into the fairy ring because a fairy ring will like if you go in it the fairies will like want to attack you or they'll kill you at night or something like that like because fairies are evil um so it was like a thing if you saw a fairy ring you were like don't step inside there so she stepped inside the fairy ring and i was like oh fuck Oh, it's she's, going down. Yeah. And she's yeah, finished. promptly. Idiot. Uh promptly after that a skeletal boy arrives. Uh and you're like, "What?" And shouldn't have fucked with the scaries. Yeah, the scaries? Exactly. Oh freaking. Shouldn't have fucked with the fairies. Or the line. scaries, yeah. Or the scaries. You shouldn't fuck with anything <laughs> or fuck. No. So disgusting. Exactly. Never do that. Never do that. Um no. So, yeah, it turns out that the skeletal boy on a motorcycle is just a boy, and he's got a bike. Mm-hmm. And uh, his name is uh, YB. <laughs> which stands for Yborn. Yes. Um, which is great, because that's a great question that um, every one of us has to answer for, for themselves. And this little mm-hmm. boy gets reminded of it every single day of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, and he's like... And she's like, oh, I'm looking for a well. And he's like, oh, it's actually right here. It turns out it was right inside that fairy circle. And that mm-hmm. branch she took, took her straight into it. Her dousing rod. Yes, exactly. That's what I believe they called it. Yeah. And and Wabie is there and he's like a... I really like his kind of... You know, every doll in this film has a different type of posture and movement. He's mm-hmm. a little bit crooked. Like he's kind of off to one side. It seems like he's like kind of humped over a little bit and he's he's like he's got this kind of awkward kind of movement Coraline's more like normal kind of straight up you know how you would ex- you know expect a, a small girl to move this guy is more like it's got something weird about him you know he's got a fun kind of yeah. movement his hair is also different um but yeah i like that it's a different kind of you, you can feel that it's a different person from the doll yeah, exactly. They they're all distinctive. Yeah. So basically, why 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 be Jesus? It's gonna happen a lot. Uh, he's there to to uh, you know to give us some exposition. So yeah, he's like, oh my grandpa, uh, my grandma owns the apartments, and there's some weird shit going on there. Um, yeah, that's basically what he's there. And there's also a cat. Uh, there's a stray cat yes, that's hanging a out. Black with him. cat. Yeah, it's a black cat. He's important for later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Um. Yeah. So then, basically, she's talking about her. The the they're talking about the stick, I guess. And YB points out to her that it's poison oak, and she's like, "What?" And then she goes into the house, and I guess I just noted that it's poison oak. And then later on, she does notice she has a rash on her hands. Um. But when she's home, she like her mom is sitting down working, and she's like. I almost fell down a well yesterday, mom. Okay, I guess so this is the next day. <laughs> she's like, I almost fell down a well yesterday, mom. And her mom's just like, mm-hmm. And then she's like, I could have died. And then her mom's like, that's nice. So basically setting up the fact that like her mom um, doesn't love her. 
Yeah, exactly, which is a, a running <laughs> theme of this very serious film for kids about yes. lack of love from parents. <laughs> yes, uh, so her mom just kind of doesn't have the time for her. Yeah. Um, we sort of learn that her parents are in some way like work in gardening or like gardening, gar- like journalism about gardening. Yeah, first I thought that, that they effect. were they have like a gardening blog or something like that, but I think they're working on a catalog, which yeah. I'm not sure what, what it is. But, yeah, we're never given full information, but it doesn't really matter. They like plants. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, well, I don't know if they like plants, but that's their job to write about it because... They... Yeah. They don't have time think to it's, garden. Yeah, and her mom doesn't like mud, I guess. Like, she's yeah. like, I don't want you to get muddy. Cor- uh, she doesn't want Coraline to get muddy, but I think that's an element of, like... Because she has... Her mug says, I love mulch. But mulch <laughs> is another word for mud. Yeah. Um. But she doesn't want Coraline to get muddy. And I think there's an element of it's not that she doesn't like gardening. It's that Coraline getting muddy would be inconvenient because she would need to clean Coraline and the house. So it's like, don't get muddy. It's got to cause extra work for me. Yeah. Because the mom's I, super busy. Yeah, I think that's the thing of like, yeah, the, the, they are creative parents. But, you, you, you know, but it's kind of like a different... It's kind of taking down that idea that creative parents or parents who are doing stuff like that are, are fun and cool. It's like, yeah, they're just working. They're working a lot. They're working on a thing that they have to finish, I think, by by a certain deadline. So mm-hmm. they're both like in their computers and doing nothing else but working. Um, yeah, so she like goes up to her and her, they recently were in an accident. So her mom has a neck brace. You think at the beginning that the accident is going to be like a big deal, but it's not. Like... No, I think it's kind of just another sort of element of like, you know, Things are very stressful yeah. for the parents at the moment. Um, and obviously for Coraline as well, because they've just moved. Um, but yeah, so she like goes up to her dad's room. She asks if she can go outside and her mom's like, no. she Because it's raining. Yeah. She goes up to her dad's um, like working room and there's like lots of books and he's like hunched over a computer. Um, he's very much like, um, his eyes are like super sunken and like dark he's got dark circles i think he's, he's a bit my of a beer favorite belly. Doll. yeah he's, he's great he's got a bit of a beer belly and he's like really hunched over so his posture is yeah. terrible yeah 100%. um and terrible. she he basically like Coraline's trying to like talk to him and ask if we can go outside or if she can go outside and the dad eventually just like creates a distraction task for her so he, he's just like please let me work so he's like please like go count like how many windows there are in the house and how many walls like doors there are whatever so he's yeah. just being like the, the house is so old just go search like yeah look around yeah um, and she does and then just we get, that yeah she does she's 11 so she's you know whatever yeah she'll do it but the this is kind of where the first thing besides the like opening sequence and maybe the sort of scary thing of the fairy ring um yeah. incident this is sort of the first like scary thing that happens or not scary it's it's, it's sort of one of those, to me anyway, evokes a bit of a body horror thing. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. Because it's, super... a, it's a terrifying scene. She goes into a bathroom uh, and she wants to, t- you know, turn the t- tap to start, you know, water going down. But it's actually, it's the shower that turns on and it kind of sprays her with terrible gooey water. It's it's really, it's, it's hard to watch. So that's not what I was going to talk about. Oh, what? That also what? happens. <laughs> not what? Um, yeah, showers are scary though. Um very scary. No, she... it's, you know, it's a reference to the film Psycho. Have you seen... I don't know if you've heard of it. It's Alfred Hitchcock. Um, yeah. It's kind, of, it's kind of underground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, a, a, for me, it evokes like a body horror thing. She goes into the bathroom and there's loads of bugs, like super creepy crawly bugs. They're like millipedes or something. Um, or earwigs. I don't know, they're gross. 
and she like sees them and she's like ew and she squishes them with her hand which has like a, a rash on it yeah. and then she looks at her hand and her hand has poison oak rash and guts on it and it's gross this film has a thing with insects a little bit there's a bunch of insects happening in general especially later on but she also has like she has like those uh what what does she have like over her bed she's got like little cut out pieces what, what are those things are there moths they're they kind of can... like they're kind of like dragonflies but they're not dragonflies they're some kind of a flying bug they're not i don't they, i guess they could be moths i don't know yeah but i agree with the body horror thing and kind of comes by back later but there, yeah. But body horror also loves insects, obviously, because insects mm, are very yeah. bodily and they have like a very specific kind of movement and stuff. So yeah, yeah sets sure. that up. And the the guts. I think it's yeah. I don't know. Anyway, and, and the shower so that water. Yeah. And the shower water is also pretty gross. It's like orange. Uh, I saw a little uh, 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 behind the scenes thing on YouTube right before we started recording, and they talked about that particular shower scene. Because they made like a special oh. kind of plastic just for that one second shot or two second shot of the water coming out of the the shower. Because yeah, it's not it's not mm. water. It's like a plasticky thing that's just kind of yellowish to kind of show that you know uh, the kind of sewer water that they have there at this yeah. new house. And it's like it's amazing. Yes. It looks so great. Mm, it's so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then she's doing her little exploration of the house. There's a she goes to see the she goes to like the boiler. Um, it's old and rusty, and there's a yeah. button that says "Do not push" on the wall. I'm I can't remember if we see that first. Either way, she no. hits a button or a switch. She hits a button or a switch, and then the electricity in the house goes, and her dad yeah. like loses all his work on the computer, and he's like, "No!" And then she looks back, and she realizes that there was a little like piece of paper that had fallen that says "Do not push." Yeah. Um. So yeah, that happens. Anyway, she finds a little then, dog. That's the that's the more important yeah. thing. Wait, we forgot to mention the mm. fact. That earlier, because this is actually quite important for the entire plot. Is it? Um, yes. YB um, drops off a doll on Coraline's doorstep that looks like her. Yeah. It's like a little doll and it's got buttons for eyes and it's wearing like her exact same outfit. It has her same hair. It's pretty spooky. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's a weird that thing happens that happens before. Here. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she finds a little door. Um, in one of the rooms and yeah there's a little keyhole uh, in it the door is locked and uh, yeah she basically asks uh, her mom to open it and um, she does and the doll the doll led her to the door does it is the doll yeah so she has the doll like she puts the doll down and then she looks back and the doll's not there anymore and so then she's like where'd the doll go and she looks and the doll's like beside a behind a box and then she moves yeah. the box that's where the door is oh i think i missed that hmm. freaking idiot I'm, I'm not a very i didn't watch it very well you know what let's pause this podcast i'm gonna go watch it again <laughs> be back be in a second guys you, you you keep their See attention um so um so is uh some there's some weather going on out there um uh, it's it's, uh, it's 15 degrees it does not feel like it it's incredibly cold um so guys how are you finding this pandemic uh as um i'm bored hey i'm back <laughs> welcome back did you enjoy uh, the movie oh i loved it it's good stuff great good stuff i'm good really stuff. glad 
Uh, uh, next time, if you could just like next time, just like watch the movie and like before we record the podcast, that'd be really, really convenient. Thank you oh. so much, Mache. Oh, okay. No, yeah, yeah. Note it. <laughs> just write that. Writing down. it down. Thank you. Perfect. Amazing. Incredible. Definitely wrote it down for real. Yeah, I saw. Um. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that's grand. Her mom unlocks the door for her because there's like a weird key that has a button on the top in the drawer full of keys. Um, and the door is like, it's kind of cool. The, the, it's a tiny little door in the wall and it's covered by wallpaper. So her mom has yeah. to like rip the wallpaper around it with the key. And it, then when they unlock the door, it's just bricks. Yeah. It's so basically it's like, yeah, bricked in. There's nothing really, there. Really that's exciting. It. Yeah. So, yeah. well, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, so then they have some dinner, which is uh, gross, because that mm-hmm. makes the dinner, and they don't have a lot of food in the house. Um, and men can't cook. And men can't cook, that is correct. That woman's job. Yeah. Um, that's why I am starving, because I am single. And, uh, <laughs> um, you have not eaten in months. Yeah. That's fine. I don't need it. Uh, yeah. Eating is overrated. Okay, so then Coraline yeah. goes to sleep. Uh, before that, we also see that she has like a little postcard with her friends from the the, the other place that she moved out from. So you kind of get that, you know, that the feeling that she's out there alone. She left her friends behind. Kind of, you know, you know, along with the parents and nobody listening to her. She's just bored and kind of feeling a little bit low. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to sleep, and uh, and then like in the middle of the night, there's like a little. Now, first we see like a little shot of mice coming out of the brick wall, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it is strange. <laughs> uh, it is a strange thing that you probably th- would not understand at this point. I, I mean, it's a weird one because it, like it looks like there's like little paper mice coming out of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's a cool, it's a strange choice. <laughs> yeah, I liked it though. It looks kind of cool. Yeah, and, no, it was good. Uh, there's only one moment in this film where like the art I think could have used. Uh, you know, a bit more uh, attention, but uh, we'll get to it. It's at the end of the film. So anyways, okay. the, the mice come <laughs> out of the wall and they lead her to the door again. And she opens the door and this time, there's no brick wall. But there's a fucking uh, awesome tunnel. It's a spooky, spooky tunnel. I love that tunnel because you can it 100% see it's real material tunnel. It's, it's so real. It feels like a real thing it's you so can good. go into. I want to go in. Oh, it's like this fun thing, like you know, they they have those things when you're in kindergarten, like those tunnels that you go in, like I'm made out of the material. <gasps> yeah. Go in. I once one of my memories, very early childhood memories, is going into a tunnel like this, and there was a girl coming out the other way, like so we kind of passed ourselves <gasps> in the middle of the tunnel, and I said hi, and she bit me in the face. Um, <laughs> so do what you want with that, uh, all you uh, psychiatrists out okay. there. Anyways, she goes through the tunnel. Let and, us know. Please yeah. let us know what you think about that, guys. Write me an email telling me what's everything that's wrong with me. You might need to send two emails. What do you mean? There's so much wrong with you, it won't fit into the body of one. Oh, I see, yeah. Because as we all know, yeah. emails have a limited characters. Uh, it's a well-known fact. It's like a tweet. They actually, they actually don't, but they have to introduce a limit for the email that the psychiatrist is going to send to you. No one's ever tried to send an email uh, that long. Okay. I'm just getting a word from Bill Gates. Oh, you got a word from Bill, Bill Gates? Yeah, wait, um, he's just in my ear now. What's that, Bill? Mm. Yeah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. 
He's made the he's made the change. Oh, okay. Oh, thanks, Bill. Uh thanks. I'm sure you don't have anything more important to do. Like warning he's us busy. all of the pandemic, you know, years before. <laughs> have you seen that? That's crazy. Fucking Bill Gates. No, what? He did a TED talk like 2016, 2015, uh, a few years ago, being like, uh, a pandemic is going to be the next world crisis and we're not prepared. And he gave like a full presentation, like two hour presentation with all this stuff and what we have to do. And now he's like, oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of, I mean, it makes sense, to be fair. It is a logical yeah. thing to hypothesize. Well, you know, too bad nobody listened. But hey, you know, thank yeah. you, Bill. Anyways. Thanks uh, for trying, Bill. Thanks for trying, Bill. Uh, and thanks for changing that harder. limit that, you know, I, I, I'm sure it will help me in the long run. Oh, um, sure. Okay, so <laughs> she goes for the tunnel and on the other side of the tunnel, it's like, oh, it's, it's the house again. Oh, she's back in that same room. But she goes to the kitchen hmm. and her mom is there and she's doing something. She's cooking? What? Her mom doesn't cook. It's her dad. And it smells tasty. Oh, it smells so tasty. You can feel it through the screen. It's like, oh, something's going on. And the mom turns and her eyes are buttons. Ah! Ah! And her her posture is better as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Yeah, it's generally a little bit different. Um, But Mm -hmm. the most different thing about her is that she's got button for eyes. Yes, it's Uh, quite distinctively different. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. And uh, yeah, the mom is like, oh, dinner's almost ready. And she's very nice. And she's like, ooh, okay. Mm. And she's like, go get, get, go get dad. Oh no, she, she first says, go she get other father. Yeah, first she says, oh silly, I'm your other mother because Caroline says, oh you're not my mom, uh, you're not my mother, and she's like, oh yeah, no, I'm your other mother. Like that explains it. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, right, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's like, oh yeah, but at this point you're like, oh yeah, it's a dream, right? Mm-hmm. Right. 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 <laughs> um. Yeah, so then, then she, she goes, goes upstairs to, to her other father, and he is a musician rather than a, like, I wrote computer guy. I don't know what his job was. He was that, also a like, journalist you know. uh, garden yeah. guy. He was just writing his stuff on, like, a 1980s computer for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. Um, but yeah, so he's at the piano, and he's, like, playing it, and his, and Coraline's like, you can play the piano, and he's like, I can't. This piano plays me. And then the piano, like, has these gloves attached to, like, I don't know. It's just the the gloves go on his hands and it starts to play the piano, and yeah. he sings a song about Coraline. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty cool. You know that the song is "They Might Be Giants." It's "They Might Be Giants" singing the the band. Oh, they wrote it. They might be giants. Uh, I know the mm-hmm. name of that band, but I'm not like a fan. Um, they do "Birdhouse in Your Soul." If you know that song. Hmm. They Might Be Giants are great. They do really fun music. But um, okay. they actually... So they had like written like a full soundtrack because Coraline originally was going to be like a musical movie. Um, oh, right. So they'd written, like a f- they'd written like a full-on soundtrack. Um, and that's the only song then that like stayed in it. Oh, cool. Oh, good to know. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, uh, I, did, interesting. I, did li- I did hear uh, Neil say that uh, they did have a plan to make this uh, like a... Yeah, like a film of actors at first because... Uh, Henry Selleck couldn't get like uh, I don't know the studio to agree to this amount of work for an animation I guess so I think they, there was oh. plans to make this like a like a live action film at some point and yeah Dakota Fanning was on board for that initially yeah. and um, yeah Neil said that he's really happy that it didn't work <laughs> uh, yeah that would have been terrible I mean I don't know if it would be terrible but you know there's it's clearly a mm-hmm. film that's supposed to look like this you know it makes sense for it yeah. to be an animation you know 
Uh, cool. So, yeah, so they go down to dinner, and the dinner is fucking amazing. There's loads of food, and everybody wants to make Coraline feel good. And, you know, uh, it's like chicken and loads of stuff, and she can get whatever she wants. And there's an actual gravy train with gravy on it. <laughs> um, it's amazing. It's great. She got a cake that says, Welcome home, Coraline. And the cake just writes that itself. I, I don't know what mm-hmm. the fuck happens. Uh, it's all great. It's all great. It's all very nice, and Coraline's like, "Oh wow!" wow, wow. And then she goes. To <laughs> That's sleep. exactly what she says. Before that, her mother puts um, mud on her hands to heal the poison oak, yeah. and she's like, "But you hate mud," and she's like, "I don't hate mud." And so she then she goes to sleep, and she wakes up in her normal home. Yeah. But her hand is better. Yeah. Ooh. So it wasn't a dream. Was it? Was it a dream? Just before she goes to sleep, I would like to say that she's got like a little octopus. Um, plushy toy that talks uh yeah and it's a fucking creepy bastard i don't know what it is about that octopus thing but it's creepy (laughs) yeah it's a little bit creepy um anyways she goes to sleep she wakes up the thing is healed and it's like oh it was such an uh, interesting dream i'm sure the rest of the film is gonna be normal and not reference that again no never um yeah so she leaves the house goes to the doorstep and there's lots of posts for Mr. Bobinski um, on their doorstep and she smells it and I guess it smells bad because she makes a face um, and then she goes upstairs to Bobinski who is we saw him at the start of the film he was like doing gymnastics on the roof Yeah. Um, so that's who this man is he is um, voiced by um, Ian McShane that's such a weird name mm-hmm. Ian McShane McKellen. He's doing like a Russian accent and he's having a great time with it, obviously. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Ian McShane is a, yeah. is a great actor. Um, very cool guy. And yeah, he doesn't have much of a part here, but he's having yeah, fun. Yeah, it's still good. But yeah, so then um, they kind of have a chat. It's not super important, the chat yeah. they have. Um, the thing um, is, Mr. Just... Mr. Bobinski or Mr. Mr. B, as he likes to be called, is like, mm-hmm. um, is like a Russian circus acrobat, I guess. Is what his thing he's is. Fun. Yeah, he's kind of he, like a fun um, guy. This was Megan does this whenever we watch a movie. She researches the movie if she enjoyed it, which is why I now have more facts. So, mm-hmm. um, also he had like a badge. He has a medal, and the medal is um, it's like whatever the medal looked like. It's like a really unique medal that people got when they like helped out with the Chernobyl disaster or something. Yeah. Um. So it basically indicates that he was like involved in like helping out in relief with the Chernobyl disaster but it also then is like well maybe that's why his skin is kind of a weird color and also why he's a bit insane yeah okay that's an interesting one I didn't know about that at all I would never have thought of it but that's a really cool thing he's also got a thing for beets yeah he loves beets I thought they were onions Uh, beets Beets makes more sense at the end because at at the end you can see that he's got a a bag that says beets that's how I know Um, oh okay that makes sense they look like red onions but also beets and red onions do kind of look the same if you think about it in animation terms yeah and it's a very eastern european thing beets as well yeah beets that makes sense I hate Um, them by the way I hate them they're so bad they're gross Um, (laughs) but yeah so he Basically, it, it, the kind of the gist of what we're getting with the conversation they have is that he's crazy, but he is also like nice and fun. Like he's nice to yeah. Coraline. Yeah, and um, she talks and to mice. Yeah, yeah. So he tells her the mice. He's like the mice told me to tell you to not go through the little wall. Yeah, 
and but like, he's like i don't know if you know what that means but yeah he's like, like, pass it on. me so yeah just letting you know uh she also gets his little what do you call those cutting thing is that a thing um is the cutting thing yeah book? garden shears yeah like a garden shears them. which are um which are an important part of Coraline's inventory at this part of the time. Yes, they That's are. Gonna, it's going to be more important later on, but she needs to collect them at this mm-hmm. point in the story. Yes. All right. Uh, yeah, so she uh, yeah she talks with him, uh, and then she goes to the other apartment in the, the house, uh, mm-hmm. which belongs to uh, Miss Spink. Is that right? Spink? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Spink. Spink. I think it's Spink. Yeah. Let me see. I have the le- the list here. I can check. Um, April Spink and Miriam Forcible are their names. Okay, no, there we go. Which uh, are a pair of retired burlesque actresses. Yeah, uh, I really like that because this film is building up that thing of like, yeah, like old school kind of theater, but like, yeah, not really theater, but yeah, like lower class theater, like circus acrobatics and burlesque stuff and mm. that kind of backdrop. Um, and a lot of those aesthetics are going to come into play later on. Um, but it also builds up that kind of idea that there's a bunch of creative people living in this house and even though they are creatives and they have this sort of imagination this world is still kind of grey kind of weird, mm-hmm. kind of awkward and yeah so it kind of it starts building that up, I think the film develops it even even more later on but uh, yeah, those two ladies are yeah, another like kind of comic relief a little bit characters they they have a lot of banter amongst themselves and they try to be one tries to be cooler than the other, I guess. Well, um, they're played by um, French and Saunders, who are like a very popular um, comedy duo. All right. um, Jennifer Saunders and Don French. Um, so Don French was in The Vicar of Dibley, uh, which is a very popular TV show. And Jennifer oh. Saunders... Pff, I'm trying to think what Jennifer Saunders has been in. But they, they were like, years ago, they were... Jennifer Saunders is in Ab Fab. She's the one that isn't um, Joanna Lumley. Um, okay. But the two of them had like a, they had like, it was called the French and Saunders show. I think it was like a comedy show. Um, and so they're like this iconic comedy, British comedy duo. Okay. So I, I did not know about that. They're in this. I, I feel like I could be wrong. I, part of me feels like Jennifer Saunders might've been in James of the Giant Peach, which would tie it together. But I think I might just actually be wrong. Okay. She, yeah, she wasn't. But I think then maybe, maybe... Joanna Lumley was. I don't know. But um, she was also... So Jennifer Saunders is the fairy godmother in Shrek 2. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, But yeah, so they are both like very popular um, British comedy characters. And so they kind of... They make a lot of sense in these roles. It's interesting though because like Coraline is an American film. Um, So it's, it's kind of... It's one of those funny things where you're kind of like, well... This makes a lot of sense to me, but I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyway. Yeah, what doesn't make sense? Like, yeah, they just have British accents and they're probably from England or something. It doesn't, like, it's yeah. not that weird. No, it's just, yeah, no, it's it's more that it's, like, an interesting choice to have, like, this, like, really famous, like, British comedy duo who are yeah. more so famous in Britain in this yeah. American film. But it works really well. Yeah. No, I think it works very well, but I didn't know who they are, but I think they are fine. Mm-hmm um yeah they they're not well. that bu- that big of a part of this film and like yeah it's it's not that important but they do have a little bit of banter and it's pretty okay yeah, um fun. yeah so basically what what happens in this is that yeah we learned that they have uh, dogs they have loads of dogs 
And they also have a lot of taxidermy dogs, which are dogs that died before. And they're kind of all wearing wearing, angel costumes. Yeah, angel costumes and sitting on shelves, which is (laughs) kind (laughs) of disturbing in its own right. Um, Yes. Yeah, and basically she gets some tea and then they uh, do some um, reading from tea leaves. And uh, they tell her she's in great danger. Mm -hmm. They're like, it's a giraffe. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good joke, yeah. Also, there's a lot of jokes about the Miriam having uh, large breasts, and she kind of uses them. Are so big. Yeah, she kind of uses them to push uh, things. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but it is a joke in this film that she's got yeah. big breasts, massive titties, massive Ma- fake massive, titties, massive. I don't know if they're fake. I don't know how hard they to look know. fake. They do, yeah. I mean, but... it's hard to know. It is. It's an animated film. It's it's a doll. Yes, it's a doll. But they do look like fake boobies. Um, yes. Anyway. Anyways, uh, yeah. Um, Welcome to the um, Stop Motion Boobies podcast. Hey, where we, where we talk compare. about stop motion titties and nothing but stop motion titties. Yeah, Thanks nothing but, us. no but. Just Only the titties. titties. Yes, please. Um, yeah, so there are no <laughs> other boobies in this film, so I don't know why we chose this one. Yeah, it was kind of a weird decision on our yeah, part. Yeah, but... really. We should we should work on this podcast more. But uh... yeah. So next, what uh, yeah, One she goes out. Yeah, she goes out, that... and it's like foggy. It's nice and foggy, and she yeah. talks to uh, the boy again. And what does the boy say? He's been uh, stalking her through the fog. It's a bit spooky. Yeah, um, yeah, she, yeah. At then... this point, he drops. Um, uh, he drops the information that Grandma had a twin sister who was stolen. And that's why he should mm-hmm. be careful when going to this house. He can't go in. And uh, yeah, we just get like snippets of information about this. But basically, his grandma keeps telling him not to go into the house. And yeah, now we learned that she had some uh, a twin sister that was stolen. And we don't get any more info than that. But it sounds kind of creepy. It's spooky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then it kind of switches over. It's nighttime. And Coraline leaves out some cheese. Yeah obviously to tempt the mice and they yeah. take the bait and so she runs after them basically because she wants to get the same she wants the same yeah. thing to happen again and um, so they take the bait and she runs after them and into the tunnel uh yeah there we go and uh yeah there we go again um uh, now it's still like a very similar setup she goes into the kitchen and other mom is there um and she still uh, she again says to get that i think but this time she calls him the better father and not the other father. Mm. Subtle, what? but different. But different. Mm. Um, mm. And the garden in this home yeah, is amazing. Oh, yeah. Then it's we get beautiful. the garden scene, which is beautiful, which is amazing. Oh, it's a great yeah, it's scene. Like, it lights up. It's beautiful. And when you think and about it, those are real lights. That those are, they made actual little yeah. flowers that, that have lamps in them that light up. Mm. And then they like, it's an impressive... Them. It's an impressive, beautiful thing to make when you're animating, let alone, like, making it physically. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Also, um, um, yeah, so that is in the garden, and he kind of shows Coraline what he made, and he made basically like a, a huge garden version of her face, um, hmm. which is kind of beautiful. And he kind of, uh, I think he he rides a thing. What does he ride? Okay. He rides, yeah. so. Oh, okay. I've guessed what it is. Um, I've guessed... It- given my knowledge of what insects look like thanks to Bugs Life. I've mm-hmm. guessed what it is. However, um, I it seems like did not 
um, pay attention to my typing at this moment because I wrote, so I think he's writing on a praying mantis, but what I've written is better father rides on paying Minria. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is. So well, Abby, thank you I guess for he's that insight. On paying Minria. No, no, You're no, no. Oh, that's, that's great stuff. Uh, that's you. the kind of material that is, that's not, does not get cut out of the podcast. Welcome to our type, our welcome to our podcast. Titties, typos, and tuberculosis. Next week we're watching Moulin Rouge. Oh, that was a good one. That's 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 a good one. I don't know how you want to do typos with Moulin Rouge, but I think that's pretty great. Titties hey, he's a typewriter. I'm sure titties. there was a typo in there. Yeah, there somewhere. was a typo. You know what? You you fucking rescued that bit. All the power to you. Thank you. I think you meant Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. I love that exclamation, uh, you know, titles of exclamation marks at the end. That's great. Do you know someone I worked with, um, his brother is like best friends with Baz Luhrmann. Oh, nice. And the both of them like went to Baz Luhrmann's wedding, which was like on a yacht in New York. Because he's like, he's like... There's someone I worked with in like a computer shop. He, his brother is like a, he's like a composer, a sound editor. I think he's a sound editor oh. for Baz Luhrmann. He works on like all of his films. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really nice. That's, just um, like, that's not important. I quite like Baz. Something. I think he makes interesting, interesting. Films. He seems like a nice man. Oh uh, yeah. Um, I one more thing about the garden scene. Uh, oh yeah. It's got a fucking popping baseline. It's got. It starts. Mm. You start, and then she gets in, and she starts looking at the different flowers, and then the bass kicks in, and it's this kind of smooth, fucking jazzy bass line. And the whole song is great, but that bass line is just ah, so good, it's so good, ah, it is wonderful. Anyways, so yeah, they go for the garden. It's amazing and beautiful and great, and they have dinner again, I think, and then uh, mother introduces Coraline to other. Why bye? Bye. Why bye? Why Why be? Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. Why be? Why be? Why be? Why be? Why be? Other why be uh... is improved in the way that he does not talk. Mm. Because other mom, yeah. I guess, um, that's what She's he. She's like, I thought you'd like him better if yeah. he didn't talk so much. So he doesn't talk at all. Mm-hmm. Pretty spooky. Mm. Kind of um, weird, and isn't then it? The f- the father, something like an interesting subtle note is that f- the father has muddy feet. Mm. Um, and he's like, like in the, he's in the house with his feet muddy on the ground. Whereas in the real world, dirt is bad and he would not have been allowed in. So it's like kind of showing these parents are fun and they love mud. Yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. Nothing's going bad. It's all good. No. It's great And then Babin- Mr. Babinski invited Coraline up to watch the mice. Yeah. So basically what we're doing is we're kind of seeing like a reflection of the day, but like in this other better world. So I guess other Mm -hmm. mom, not to go out, you know, to spoiler territory too much, but she's looking at Coraline and what Coraline is doing during the day. And she's like, oh, this is how the day would be better. And she thinks of all kinds of different things she could do to improve the day. So yeah, the boy doesn't talk. (laughs) And (laughs) basically has like a full show and not a weird guy on a balcony or whatever, you know? So, yeah, so she goes to Mr. Babinski's apartment and he gives a really cool ma- mice show. Um, and the mice, and the mice dance and shit. The mice all have buttons for eyes, too. Uh, yes, everything in general has buttons better. for eyes, yeah, in this. So watch out for that, friends. 
Including Mr. Bobinski, yeah. So then it's the morning again, and the next thing we learn is basically that Coraline can't open the door. The like little door. She tries yeah. to go through it again, and the mum had locked it. Yeah. And then oh, her no. mum is like, ah. Yeah, so sad. And her mum is like, I'm going to go get some groceries, beach. Well, I mean, I think at this point they've. I think I just didn't write about it because it wasn't that interesting. They went uniform shopping. So, like, mum brings yeah. um, Coraline and her dad. Her dad's like, got, I guess, an interview or something to do with the catalogue and its success and they're like you know hopefully this will go well um and then her mum and yeah. Coraline and her mum go uniform shopping for Coraline's new school the uniforms are boring and grey um I like one one thing about this and I want to talk about this um in terms of that scene of going to the city which is like the only scene where we go out of the of the house area um mm-hmm. it's that it, it keeps having like things that would be fun in the other world happen that are not fun in this world like the dad tries mm. to joke around and kind of be like kind of cute with, with Coraline I don't know pinches her nose or whatever I don't know he just makes a joke and Coraline's yeah. like dad no don't do it you know I'm not a kid anymore and that's like okay you know and all those kinds of things that would be fun in the other world are, are not fun here they're like they're different characters and this I think there's like a bunch of guys playing like instruments on the streets that kind of spooked the dad and dad doesn't like them. And there's a bunch of kids playing mm-hmm. in the store and all those things that kind of would be fun and kind of colorful in the other world. In this world, they don't seem so fun. You know, they just, they do yeah. just gray and like the same stuff. Uh, it's kind of cool because I think it's just kind of shows that, you know, Coraline just doesn't pay attention. <laughs> is what the yeah. She's like made up her mind about yeah. liking the other one. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And it's pretty good. And so she's like looking at, they're looking at the uniforms um they're all gray and boring Coraline finds this pair of gloves that are like colorful that she really likes and her mom's like no you can't get the gloves um and so basically Coraline's like you're a bitch it's got like what it's got a scene in the car where they like talk and she's kind of you know upset but it's never like it's never too much anyways yeah so they go back yeah and I mean I think as well yeah sorry no I was just gonna say at this point I think you kind of start because I think it's easy at the start of the film to get into that thing of being like oh the mom or the mom and dad are like so mean because they're just like brushing her off but at this point we're kind of getting more into the thing of like oh they just like have a lot to think about and do and you can kind of see the mom being like listen if all this goes well you know I, you know well it'll be fine i'll make it up to you it'll be great um but like they haven't even had the time to go grocery shopping they've been so yeah. busy um and i mean definitely. definitely they should have made time to go grocery shopping but still um so yeah, then her mom is like, I'm going to go grocery shop because there's nothing for them to have for yeah. lunch when they get home. And Coraline's like, yeah. And um, her mom's like, I'll go grocery shopping and get some stuff. I can get something you really like. And Coraline's like, whatever. Um, And then the mother is like sad and she's like, I won't be long. And then she leaves and Coraline's like, but I might be. Oh. Oh. What does that mean? What, what are you saying, little girl? Yeah, don't what she's saying, What she's saying is she's going to go to the room. So she uh, gets the key, which is easy. It's just like hanging up on the wall, like outside of her reach, but she can still get it uh, yeah. using some books in a chair. Excellent. What Exquisite. a what an amazing, intelligent child. Anyway, she gets so, the key, gets to the uh, door, goes in. This time, there's the tunnel is just there. No need for sleep. Perfect. She did mm-hmm. it. Is it dreaming yeah. or not dreaming? Is it real? Dun, dun, dun. And then the cat enters the tunnel. Um, so now he can like talk. I don't think we see him go through, but yeah. 
he can talk to Coraline. The cat's able to talk in this world, but we see he doesn't world. have buttons for eyes. Yeah. Exactly. So we're like, ah. Mm. Um, and he, he kind of tells Coraline that the other mother hates cats. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of spills some information that's like, hmm, I don't know if you really like what's going on here. You know, there's some stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe you should ask the other um, YB uh, whether he likes this, you know, or stuff like that. And she's like, oh, but he can't talk. It's like, you know, I, I can communicate with him anyway because I'm so cool. But anyways, the cat, cat just kind of gives her like a sense of, hey, this is kind of dangerous. Maybe you're not really, maybe this is not really what it seems to be at first mm-hmm. glance. Exactly. Anyway, it's cool. Then we go to the dog theater. Yay. Dog it's a theater, theater full of doggies. Whoa. All the guests are doggies. Well, we go to Plus YB. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyways, uh, we, we go, she goes downstairs to the, to the lady's apartment and the lady's apartment is the theater and it's full of dogs. Dogs, 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 dogs. It's better. That scene is better than the whole film Isle of Dogs. <laughs> I've never seen Isle of Dogs. I don't I like it. You. Don't like it. Right, <laughs> is Isle of Dogs man. also stop motion? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's yeah, like it. um, Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic Mr. Mr. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So they have their show, and it's. I mean, it's just pretty cool. Um. um yeah. One of them. So Miss Spink is. A mermaid. She's like in a mermaid costume. They've got like um some kind of a painting thing that also moves. Yeah, I don't know what that first one is. The the second one is uh, the second one's the birth of Venus. Yeah, birth of Venus. Yeah, exactly. So by Sandro uh, Botticelli. Yeah, and it's very well. She fits it because she's got really big boobies. The her boobies her boobies are so big, and yeah. I've just written down. Mm-hmm. Where is it? I've written the I was her boobs are so big. How is this allowed in a kids film? They're so big. Well, yeah, but people have large she's boobies naked. in real life too. No, but she's just got little like pasties on her nipples. Like I'm all for uh, freeing the nipple and it not being a thing. But the the point is, I'm just surprised <laughs> that yeah. it was allowed in the film. I guess it's um, quite a surprising visual to see in a kids film. It is, yeah, and they also like pay attention to it because because Caroline is like, oh. yeah, when it happens, she's like, oh, yeah, when 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 the ladies appear nakedish, mm-hmm. she she pays attention to it, so it's also not like it just kind of happens. Yeah. And it's part of the joke that they're kind of naked. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a naked lady. Fucking show it to a, any anybody in any age bracket. I don't care. You cowards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they do their kind of act. Um. And then. It all seems like it's going wrong. Something falls. Um, but then they are up like in the sky and they're supposed to be like jumping into a bucket of water. And then they unzip and suddenly they're like their young skinny selves. It's terrifying. Within these older bodies. It's pretty creepy. And then they it's do some like weird. trapeze art. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. They it's take off their bodies like the suits. Um, yeah. Spooky. It's, yeah. It's not, it's, I mean, it's really cool, but it's. Um, yeah. Cool. Mm. It's spooky. It's really spooky. <laughs> yeah, and then all the dogs go crazy, and then they involve Coraline in the show as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of nice, and she, she feels great. She has a great time. Yeah, awesome. And time. then, yeah, and then something happens. YB is sad. I don't recall why. Well, he's just sad in general because the mother tells him all the time to be happy. And, and he kind of drops mm-hmm. it a little bit because he drops off Coraline the house. 
And once he drops her off, he starts kind of, you know, his smile fades. And she's like, mm-hmm. smile? You know, smile, yeah, you little asshole. Um, but it's creepy. But it's creepy. Um, um, and then we learn something, Mache. What do we learn? What? What do we learn? Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah, they start talking about staying there forever. Yeah, sorry, is that what you're talking yeah. about? Okay, yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just reading my notes. I can't write. It's a really big problem when taking notes, you know? Yeah, your writing's hard um, to understand. No offense. Yeah, so anyway, so they're like, so listen, we would really like you to stay here forever, but in order to do this, you just, you just need to do this little thing, and they give her a present. And she opens the present, and there are little buttons inside. Well, not little, just the ah! regular side buttons. And they're like, and, and a little needle <laughs> for there to, to you know, <laughs> yeah, just as an invitation. They're like, yeah, so the only thing you need to do is just saw them into your eyes, and there you go. <laughs> This is a good time, actually, for me to bring up the fact... I think I've possibly talked about it before. Mm. Um, good, good friend of the podcast, Juliet. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard about that lady. Our incredible friend of Juliet. Our incredible friend of Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> our inc- incredible me. friend, Juliet. I'm the incredible friend of Juliet. Whoa. No, incredible friend of the podcast, Juliet. Yes. She has a phobia of buttons. So I bet that Coraline is her least favorite movie. Yeah, probably. I did not know. Oh, no, she did. we did talk about that, actually. Yeah, I think off, we did. Off the record. we talked about fear. Yeah, she's deathly afraid of buttons for some reason. Um, yeah, that would be a bad, bad experience watching this. Also, it is creepy without being afraid of buttons because it's like, holy shit, you just told that little little girl to, to, to saw a thing into her eyes. I mean, yeah. her eyes are perfectly suited for this kind of operation, to be fair, mm-hmm. because her eyes are, like, inside her head. Uh, not, <laughs> there's nothing popping out, really. So there's, like, a yeah. lot of space to saw the buttons over it. But um, but still, you know, she's a little girl. Still, yeah, still spooky. I don't, I wouldn't... No matter how good something was, if someone was like, we need to sew buttons into your eyes, I'd be like, um... Yeah, no, thank you. Good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So she kind of was like, oh, I just have to... At this point, she's getting the gist that, like, this is no bueno. Yeah. She's like, oh, I just gotta... um, I just actually have to go. Uh, I'm just gonna go, like, sleep. Yeah. And they're like, but you haven't had, like, dessert or dinner or whatever. And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm just, like, really tired. And then she goes to sleep. And there's something... And again, this is, like, one of those things that I sort of love watching, like, movies about kids in a... That's a really strange sense. Movies about kids when they're, like when they're in this situation of like being frightened because it, I think it brings back like it's like a wave of nostalgia of being like fuck I remember that um, like being a kid and doing that exact thing um, so when she is doing that thing where she's like really afraid and she just wants to like be home and go to sleep and she like wraps herself in her duvet like in her covers and mm-hmm. it's like the I mean like, it, I guess it's a camera um, is like under the covers and it's like mm-hmm. just I don't know you can see her like moving them and she's just like trying to be completely cocooned. And I can like remember that like being afraid yeah. or uncomfortable and just trying to like completely disappear in your duvet, hoping yeah. that whatever was scary would like stop. And it brought me nostalgia. Wow, that's really sweet. I didn't think of that. I mean it's not a very sweet memory. I I know it's not a sweet memory, but like it's it's kinda nice that the film made you think of that. It's kinda it's it's you know, I, I'm sure it's, it's one of the things that they try to do with, with the kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? well exactly. And um, so it's cool when they do that. So it's great that it works. I think even just like the effectiveness of like the camera being in under the covers rather than say like filming it from a different perspective or whatever. Yeah, just cool. definitely. No. Um, no, the camera in this yeah. film is generally very good. And there's a lot of camera movement as well. There's a lot of like pans and, and like cameras driving into places and, and zooming out. And I'm like, wow, that, that had to take so much work. Like it's a lot harder, I'm sure, when there's a lot of camera movement too, right? 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I would imagine, but I'm, I'm not sure, you know. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, so she goes to sleep yeah. to try and get rid of the scary stuff, but she wakes up and she's still in the other home. Yeah, she can't get out, you know. Oops. Mm. Big old oops. But then she discovers, she basically discovers that the other father, the better father, whatever, I've forgotten. I just wrote other father is wrecked. Yeah, other, yeah. Other <laughs> but father's... he's like, he's like super tired looking, his hair's kind of in bits and he gives some kind of illusion um, to the mother, like controlling everything. Like she said, he says something along the lines of like, he doesn't have the power or the energy when the mother isn't there and he's not really able to talk. And he suggests, Coraline suggests um, that she could go and get YB's help. And the other father's like, he says something like, no point, mother pulled along, or no point, um, he pulled a long face and mother didn't like it. Yeah. Something like that. And he like kind of creepily pulls pulls his his own, he pulls his own face, like his mouth down. And then I think that the like gloves come and like take his hands away to like stop him talking about it. Yeah. It's super creepy. It is really creepy. Uh, yeah, it definitely has that body horror thing just because his body looks mm. like it's deteriorating and it's going to keep on going through this film to even worse stages than this. Um, but yeah, that, that face-pulling thing is, is pretty pretty creepy. Uh, anyway, yeah, so she gets out of the house, I think. She grabs uh, a thing and I think her idea is to, I don't know, walk away, just go somewhere else. Um, and she bumps into the cat. The cat is there. And uh, do they go for a walk first? I'm not sure what happens first here. Yeah, so her and the cat walk around yeah. and they basically just stumble upon like the empty part of this other world. Um, yeah. Where it's just like it becomes less and less detailed and grey and then it's suddenly just like this white abyss. Yeah. Um, And it's basically the cat explains that like the mother only created the parts of the world that would impress Coraline. Yeah. Exactly. And she goes and then she keeps going and then at some point she arrives like at the other side of the house and yeah, and they like explain that yeah, the world is so small, you just kind of go in a circle and appear back mm-hmm. at the, the same place. And then yeah, the also... The cat says something... Mm-hmm. Oh. There you go. The cat says something cryptic about um, the mother wanting something to eat. Yeah. And, and, we, and we, like, don't, oh. we don't get much elaboration on that. <laughs> but um, we can use our imagination. We can use our imagination. Uh, yeah, and we're going to get back to it. But uh, yeah, also the cat kills one of the mice because it was mm-hmm. like, what did you call that fucking thing? It was blowing into a thing. um, Like a trumpet? Yeah, like a trumpet thing. A and horn. the cat kills it, takes it into his mouth, puts his teeth into the, the mouse. And already you're like, okay, that's a bit hmm. much. That's a bit much. And then the mice turns into a rat and like sand spills out of it or something. Right? Yeah, it's, it's really cursed. weird. Really weird. The sound like comes out of its mouth. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's pretty gross. Ugh. Like we kind, of, I kind of get it because, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, that that's kind of what the film kind of does. It's just like it's creepy images, but uh, like it's it's just puppets and dolls. They're just made like that, right? So you just put a lot of sand into a a, a doll and you make it. So when you know, it's just it's not explicit it's just a doll so that's what happens when you bite into a doll it's like sand starts falling out of it but in that context it's just really um disturbing it's gross i think it is that thing of like something like a a mouse mice are pretty pretty cute um they're cute little thingy little babies but rats are not cute they're scary not cute um they're vermin i mean like i I obviously like sometimes you can see like a rat it's kind of cute like if it's a pet but either way like rats are 
Yeah, gross. in general, you know, as a yeah, in this in this particular they're, they're, film, yeah, yeah, they're like yeah, and they're so they're gross and they're like yeah, specifically in this film, they're made to look really gross as well. So it's just like yeah. sort of again like this gross thing of like the rat's much bigger and it's like this horrible big thing like emerging from this like innocent sweet skin. Yeah, Blech. definitely. Yeah, it's not yucky. It's, uh, well, it's a horror film. It's a horror podcast. You you tuned into this podcast yeah, knowing pretty... what it's gonna be. You Pretty freaking so. spooky podcast, if you ask me. Eh? Yeah, you better put on your seatbelts because we're just starting, <laughs> baby. What? We're just starting? No, we're kind of getting to the end, but <laughs> the spooky stuff keeps coming. So, anyway, she goes. So, to I the... should probably start recording then if we're starting. Fuck you. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, okay, so they go for a little walk, and then Coraline goes to the mom's room. And I said that mom has an insect room, because it's basically a room that's in. It's pretty colorful. It's got a weird colors, very different from the rest of the film. This room has a very specific mm. color scheme, which is more like a little bit neon kind of thing. And there yeah. are like, there are pieces of furniture that are insects that are kind of made into pieces of furniture. It's kind of hard to say, but they like walk around mm. and... <laughs> yeah, exactly. do stuff, and uh, mom also eats uh, chocolate beetles. They're like she, she give, brings out a tray of chocolates, and they're like little beetles that are still that are moving beginning. inside. Yeah, one of them's upside down. Yeah, um, and she like, uh, and mom eats them and loves them, and they're really, really she likes them. Anyways, it's not, it's mm. creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the other mom, she doesn't get the answers she wants from Coraline, who's. Starting to be like, listen, I just want to kind of get home. You're kind of freaking me out a little bit, you know. So, bring me home. I just want to go back to, you know, my real parents. And, uh, yeah, uh, other mom doesn't like that. And she turns into a fucking spooky tall thing. Creepy lady. Creepy lady. She starts... Very she... skinny. Yes. Bony. Pointy. Yes. And... Icky. Again, it's that thing of the transformation. Those those characters in the other world keep like transforming into something else, and this is not the final stage. But she gets like kind of tallish, pointy thing, yeah. And she grabs her by the nose and drops her into a mirror. Uh, but it's like a door mirror, mirror door. So it's not so she. So there's like a room behind the mirror. So she's behind the mirror now, and um, well, inside the mirror, uh, we have. Well, basically, it's a horror room. It's like a it's a room from a horror, like an actual horror film. And um, I wrote in caps, "There are dead children in the room." <laughs> Which is exactly there are. They're little um, ghosties. They're little so like ghosts of small children. Like yeah. under a duvet in like a shitty like prison room on a bed with like a hole inside the bed and they're like little children ghosts floating around and it's like I was I'm watching this like what the fuck is this film like about child abduction? What is going on? Were those kids like I mean murdered? it is. And it kinda is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and then the so the kids sorry, I was googling to try and find the better resource for this. Um so the kids refer to the other mother as the bell dam um okay. a bell dam and a bell that. dam there's a poem written by john keats um which is called um la belle la belle dam sans mercy which translates to the beautiful woman without mercy 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically in so in the poem, um, she's like this woman who's like after men rather than children. Mm. Um, but then there's a ghost of the people she's taken before, and all that stuff. And basically, there's like this mythical thing. Okay, so the Bell Dam was like this folklore thing of like a woman who would lure children into their home with like candy and stuff and would then eat them. So it's basically there's this like whole background. So these kids call her the Bell Dam. Yeah. Um, and she's they say, um, she spied on our lives through the little doll's eyes and saw we weren't happy. Yeah. So exactly. like basically the doll spies on children and is like this kid isn't happy and they find they identify like the exact thing that they can use to lure the children in. Yeah. And then, and then they put buttons in their eyes and mm. eat them or like eat their soul or like I don't know. Consume them somehow. Yeah. And the yeah. one of the um one of the children is like, find our eyes, mistress, and our souls will be free. Yeah. Bit heavy. Which is a thing to say. Yeah, exactly. Um it's pretty you know. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a creepy scene. It's really disturbing. Yeah. It's not easy to um, watch. No, and then uh, YB basically pulls Coraline out of the wall. Yeah, and it turns um, out that he, uh, the other mother, jokered him. Uh, so she fucking <laughs> put knee, like she sawn him to a smile. So he's always smiling now. Because <laughs> like the, the corners of his mouth are sawn in to his cheeks. It's, uh, yeah, it's torture porn stuff. Yeah, but it also it's it's kind of the, I think the, the so that's horrible but I think this sort of at least shows us that like other YB is like on her side like other YB is still good yeah Um, rather than it just being this thing of like and it was the same where other father is good um, yeah other father is just extent. controlled but yeah yeah they're all just being controlled by, um, by the mom the, the bell dam or whatever yeah. Um, yeah so anyways she escapes uh, he helps her escape she goes back into the uh, the real world, world right? So, yeah, she goes through the tunnel, which is now like covered in cobwebs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's like a lot less nice yeah. and appealing. Cool. And uh, what happens next? I think she talks to... So next so next she goes, so she gets back home and she's kind of like, oh, Grant. And she's like, hello, I'm home, blah, blah. Nobody answers. And she finds um, the groceries on the table that her mom had like gone to get before she entered yeah. this world. Um and they're like really rotten and gross and there's flies flying yeah. out of them so it's like oh freak um, okay. so yeah. then Coraline tries to find the doll and she can't find the doll and she goes outside where like the car is and her mom's cell phone is in it the keys are still in the ignition yeah um, kind of weird yeah it's very sad yeah it's yeah. very like just creepy spooky yeah and she like fashions like little dummies of her parents mm-hmm. out of cushions and like sleeps cries herself yeah. to sleep basically yeah, Sad. exactly, and uh, and then YB comes comes uh, comes by, uh, the real one, and he's like, "Hey, I actually I need to take that doll back because it turns out it belonged to the twin sister, right?" Uh, and it's like, "Oh, actually, I wasn't allowed to take it and stuff like that," and she's like, "All right, no no problem," and she takes him into the house and she tries to explain to him what's going on, and kind of get him on. Her side, I guess, to kind of help out, mm-hmm. but he's not into it. <laughs> he's, he's like, like uh, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a small boy, and he's not ready for that kind of impact in his life. No, he's uh, just a baba. Yeah, exactly. So he basically just kind of runs away. Um, yeah. At the end of all that. Okay, and she keeps looking for her parents, and they're just not there. And it's like, wow, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, it's not easy. So she goes to the two ladies downstairs, 
And she's like, oh, I can't find my parents. And they're like, well, let's just make you some tea. <laughs> they, they, they talk about stuff. And uh, yeah, basically the only thing that they really give her is a little thing that they take from breaking a hundred-year-old candy. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, re- I called it the findy triangle. Yeah. It's a little triangle that has a circle. It has a hole in the middle. Yeah, exactly. It's just a, I don't know, it's a very weird thing that they just give her and they're like, it's good for looking at things that are bad. Uh, or looking mm. for things you missed. No, but, but then they are like... Looking for look. things you're trying to find or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So she gets that, which is another part of her inventory that's important. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then she gets back to the house, doesn't know what to do, goes to sleep. Before she goes to sleep, she makes pillow versions of her parents and cries, which is uh, heartbreaking. Uh, so sad. Really hard to watch. <laughs> Um. Yeah, and yeah, and I think that's when the next day the cat comes in. Uh, yeah, she gets woken up by the cat, and the cat's like, "Hey, have a look at this mirror." He doesn't talk in this world, but he kind of brings her to the <laughs> mirror, and um, and the parents are really cold, like kind of freezing behind the mirror, and they write, "Help me" on the mirror glass <laughs> from behind the mirror, <laughs> and it's uh really terrifying. Curse it. Yeah, it's really. And then. So then she finds the doll, yeah. and the doll is now like half the mother and half the father instead of being Coraline. Yeah, exactly. Which is yeah. super spooky. Also, a cursed doll. Yeah, really weird. With like, so yeah. cursed. It's like a like a Professor Quirrell kind of doll. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Ugh. It's a bit like that. Another Ugh. thing that that you know ruined our generation forever. Face <laughs> uh, on the back of a face, you know. No, no, <laughs> you can never get over it. No, I really can't. Um, yeah, so then she re-enters the tunnel, but now she's got her inventory that Mache has, has spoken about. Yes, exactly. So now she's equipped and she gathered all the items that are necessary to complete the final quest. And she's the reason... got all her XP built. Yeah. The reason I'm saying this because is because the last part of this film really feels like very video gamey to me. Not in a bad way, maybe, but generally the kind of feel of it starts to be video gamey. Not at this point yet, because at this point she comes in... And she, uh, yeah, she's like, she's gonna rescue her parents and her, um, and her, uh, and the kids as well, right? That's kind of the idea. Um, yeah, I think she meets the dad at some point, and the dad is like now, like all fucking puffed up, like he's kind of like falling apart. He's like, he looks. So yeah, he weird. really is. So she's back to the other world, and yeah, dad is falling apart, and yeah, it's. I think they're having breakfast. So mom is making breakfast. And the, the, the buttons are, like, right there in the middle of the table, like, kind of waiting for her, right? Ominous. Kinda, yeah, do that thing. And she comes in, and, yeah, I think sometime before the cat, the cat tells her, listen, uh, the mom is, like, really into games. So, you know, she's not going to play fair, but if you, like, propose a game to her, she's going to, you know, play along and let you play. So, so Coraline's like, all right, listen to me, you scary woman thing. Uh, <laughs> what we want to do is... Uh, um. Either I find all the uh, children eyes and my parents, and then you let us all go. Or if I fail to find them, uh, I'm just going to stay here forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the mom's like, all right. (laughs) Shaking at it. Yeah. And that's when we But Coraline makes her... They don't shake on it or like agree to it until Coraline um, gets... A clue. Other mother to accept that she has to give her a hint first. Yeah. I guess. But that hint is not Pretty very impressive. important. So this is the final quest, right? So she goes out mm-hmm. and basically she has to visit uh, all the places she visited before. 
and look for the eyeballs there. And like she's got this little thing that she got from uh, the ladies downstairs, like the little stone. And when she looks through it, she sees the like it's basically like detective mode, right? It's mm-hmm. detective mode in a video game. It's everything's black <laughs> and white, and what you need is highlighted. Yes, it's excellent. Uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah, so so it's Helpful. basically this section of the film is yeah she needs to go to those three places, collect the three eyeballs. Uh, so every child has they're not actual eyeballs as well. There's just no. different kinds of balls that kind of hold the souls of the children. <laughs> <laughs> of the dead children. Also, I would like to note that at one point Coraline refers to the kids as the dead children. I think that's during the conversation <laughs> with the mom, and I was like, "Well, you're re- really like making it real. <laughs> you're saying the yeah. dead children, the dead kids." <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then so she's basically she like enters into the garden, and the garden is like kind of dying it's not as anywhere near as nice as it used to be it's like gross and dying yeah um and then um yeah and she finds the the, yeah. the eyeball in, in a place and it's like she tries to take it but it turns out it's the dad who's kind of on this it's like the handle of yeah. um of the like it's like a handle on the lever yeah. No, it's like the top of the lever of like the praying mantis thing that the dad's yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. And it kind of comes back to life and it tries to get her. It's all happening very quickly. It's like mm-hmm. the dad is controlled by the mantis at this point, I think. Yeah. It's like, it's he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I'm sorry, so sorry. Yeah, Mother's yeah. making me. Don't yeah, wanna want to hurt you. Yeah, doesn't want to do it. Spooky. Like in general, those, because uh, the, 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 there's three of those and they're like boss fights or whatever at the end of this film. Mm. And they're all like Resident Evil bosses. Uh, to like they seem like that to me. They're just like kind of weird combinations of like the the thing you saw before, but like mutated it to something. Mm, so in Resident spooky. Evil, that happens a lot, right? I don't know. In Resident Evil Seven, you got uh, also the dad of the family, right? And there are like three Ooh. different stages of him. Have you ever played that? That's pretty great. I think you'd like it. No, because it's a horror game. I think I probably would. Yeah, I think you should check it out because it's great. And it's like the 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 setting is like it's a it's a south like you know the I don't know where exactly what state it's in, but it's like sovereign states, sovereign America, and it's like this kind of hillbilly family that gets taken over by this weird moldy thing that kind of makes you mutate. So you fight the dad three times, and the first time is just him, and the second time it's uh. It's, I think he's got like yeah a chainsaw thing coming out of him, and then at the end he's just like this weird fucking thing that's like you don't really even see his face anymore. It's just like this weird mutated monster with all sorts of things coming out of him. So this thing has a similar thing where the, those things evolve and kind of turn into the the objects they're associated with too, and it's all they're very monstery kind of yeah body horror monsters. They're really mm-hmm. kind of disturbing, and uh, yeah. how they look creepy. And all those scenes are really quick, so it's, it all happens pretty quickly. Um, yeah, but uh, like he um, and with this as well, like she doesn't really need to do much. Like other father yeah. just like pulls the eye off of the the lever, yeah, or the eye, the ball, and he just yeah. like gives it to Coraline before he like falls into the yeah ground or like a pond or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. And then she goes on to the theater. Uh, all the dogs turned into dog bats. <laughs> yeah, oh, <no>. <laughs> kind <laughs> of unclear why. And uh, yeah, and the ladies because are... bats are creepier than dogs. Yeah, I guess that that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the second ball is kind of being uh, held by the two uh, ladies who are now like intertwined together, 
uh, they've now they... become they've become like taffy, which is yeah. they they've offered her taffy to eat. It's like sweet. Okay, they're intertwined like as taffy in yeah. like a taffy wrapper, but like cocooned. They're like in a chrysalis. Yeah, I think is what's called. They're in like a chrysalis of a taffy wrapper. It's so creepy. Yeah, it's weird. They look kind of like like Medusa's, like like Medusa. They have like this kind of hair, this kind of mm. like Super, I don't know. Like, that's what ringlets. Yeah, that's what it reminded yeah. me of. That's creepy. So they uh, they're basically holding like the pearl, which is the other ball, yeah. one of the balls. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so she tries to grab it and they like latch onto her and they're super stretchy because they are taffy. Yeah. Um, and what she does is she like gets the torch. Yeah. Excuse me. She throws the torch at the bat. She kind of tries to wake them up with it and then she t- throws the torch at them. Mm-hmm. And the bats fly towards um, fly towards her and like basically like, I don't know, get the taffy ladies and she gets the ball. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's all fairly simple, but she has like to use the objects that she acquired before and the yeah you know, the thing, and then she goes to Mister exactly. B's room, and Mister B is just kind of yeah he's turned into like rats, so he's he doesn't have really a face anymore. He's just like his clothes, but controlled by rats. Um, yeah, which is also kind of weird. Um, yeah, it's creepy. I don't even remember what happens with him. So he um he's just loads of rats in a costume and yeah. um. Yeah, oh, yeah, nothing the cat helps too interesting happens. The yeah, exactly. So the the ball, um, the ball is like in Mr. Robinsky's head, and I guess they like fall or something. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure, but either way, I here have noted that the like cast over the moon, yeah, like, eclipsing whatever is the shape of a button. Yeah, so it's the great. shadow over the moon is the shape of a button. It's super cool. It's like it's literally the the evil death shot, you know, of the of the uh, of the moon, like the the cloud coming over the moon, which is an evil death, which is like the famous shot that everybody fucking steals. Um, I've not seen it. it. It's wonderful. It's that moment in Evil Dead when stops when shit stops making sense in Evil Dead Two. Uh, one of the most wonderful moments in cinema history. Uh, but yeah, but this <laughs> one is like that, but it's the button, and it's so cool. Love it. It's so cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then. Um. The cat basically gets the third ball for her. Yeah. Um. You kind of get the idea that like the moon, the eclipse thing has to do with like, if it eclipses, that's her time up. Um. Yeah. So that's her timer happening basically. Um. But the cat gets the third eye, and the whole world around them basically starts to like go gray and sort of dissolve. Yeah. So she runs inside with the cat. Um. And there we see that the other mother has become like even more grotesque. Yeah. Um. And yeah, at that so... point we. Well, other mother yeah. is kind of turning like into a spider thing. Uh, yeah, she's very spidery, and Which we kind of and she starts. You start seeing that her hands, you know, are kind of coming out, and they're like needle hands, right? The mm. the, the ones that it's we like saw at the we've beginning. Seen... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Beginning of the film making when the dolls. when the making the dolls. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's kind of this, and it's kind of coming out of her. But she's like very spidery, also a very Resident Evil kind of look, I think. To yeah. Mm-hmm. The thing, and then she kind of, uh, oh yeah. So the thing is, like, yeah, um, the cat says that she's gonna, she's no, the one of the kids from the ball says that uh, she's not gonna let you win anyway. Like, even if you, you know, even if you win, even if you tell her where the parents are and everything like that, you know, it's uh, it's still not gonna happen. So she's like, okay, so we just need to get to the door. So her idea is, oh, I'm gonna say the parents are in the door that leads to the real world, and I'm gonna make the mom open it, and I'm just gonna grab the parents and go. Yeah, um, she's discovered that the parents are in the Detroit Zoo snow globe. Yeah, uh, exactly. 
Um, yeah, and that's she tries to do that. Uh, it kind of turns into a little fight, which is really cool because the world kind of dissolves and the the the, fall, full, the 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 floor falls down and kind of creates like a little uh, spider web, yeah, thing, uh, which is really cool and looks really kind of nice because it's just black on white, very simple and very um, very basic, but also feels real still, you know. So it still has that thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, it's like a real thing that that's going on, but it's so so otherworldly and so i really like that um so good. yeah basically she escapes yeah that's kind of yeah she yeah she throws it to the bottom and the ghost hands so she gets she manages to crawl up the web yeah and then she gets through so she gets through the door but she's trying to close it and the other mother is like just pulling against it yeah. so the ghost hands emerge from the balls <laughs> and um and like help her close the door yeah, on yeah. the other mother's creepy hand yeah um and then this is so oh so frightening when she's like crawling towards the door into her, the real world the other door is like coming closer and closer to her yeah yeah, yeah. it's like it's like thudding it's like vibrating it's so creepy yeah pretty cool pretty great pretty cool yes it's good all um, right so she's back into the real yeah. world and it turns out her parents are back um and they have like snow on them it looks like they've been like in a snowy cold place but they like don't realize it at all it's hmm, like maybe like stuff. a snow globe what? <laughs> huh. Just a thought. Huh. I don't know. But uh, but they don't act like it at all, right? They're just like, oh, everything's normal. Like, what's up? Whatever. Oh, it's yeah. like, oh, we, we did the garden catalog. And it's all in time. So we're going to celebrate tonight. Yeah. It's like we have something to celebrate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so then, yeah, mom, they go to like, they go up to bed. It's really nice. Um. It's like super nice ending. Um, mom got Coraline the gloves. Yeah, they're all being happy and like kind of talking and everything. And then, yeah. and the, her parents were just stressed, and now they're not yeah. stressed anymore, yeah. so they're able to like be more loving and attentive. Yeah, which is great. And then she goes mm-hmm. to sleep, and she wants to release the kids. Um, and that's the part where I don't really like the aesthetics of it. Something weird happens, and it's like she goes to sleep and. Um, she's like in this kind of bluish undetermined space and the and the kids are like brown statues kind of things floating mm, around like, her. Yeah. I was not into that. Um, yeah, it was strange. I thought it looked kind of off. Uh, didn't really match for me. Uh, which is like, honestly, like in this whole like hour 40 minute film, the only place where I was like, I don't know about this. Um, you know, because it's very consistent. I didn't hate it too much. I thought it, I don't know, there but was I definitely see it. it. Yeah, it was it was a bit off, but it, I didn't. It wasn't too angry at it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because at this point I haven't seen this film, so I thought that it was over. Um. When they were yeah. like having the nice little thing with her parents. Yeah. Um. I was like, oh, it's all grand now. Yeah. But then, um, the the basically the the children's souls, the bronze statues, are telling her that she's in danger because of the key. Like it yeah. still exists. There's only one key, and the key is still about. Um. So I guess Coraline, I didn't write down, I guess she leaves with the key to try and like dispose of it. Yeah, she does. Yeah, um, she, she, yeah. So the idea now is she needs to go to the well and dispose of the key, but it turns out that the other mother's hand creeped through the door and is now into the world, like, you know, trying to stop her. And the real world. Um, and it follows her. Yeah. So we basically have like the last kind of encounter by the well with the hand mm-hmm. where uh, YB kind of has to come in and help. Um, yeah. He arrives and he so the because of the um hand and this is kind of the thing in like the classic horror trope where 
the monster has to come back for one last scare. And this yeah. is what this is. You know, it's like, it's never, you have to doubly make sure it's dead. Yeah. Um, so it like grabs the key off of her and it drags, or grab, she's wearing the key as a necklace. So she like grabs that and drags Coraline with her. Yeah. And I think at that point, the like door, the door to the other world is like pulsating inside the house. We get like a shot of that. Yeah. And then YB arrives to the rescue and he gets the hand off of her. But then YB is in danger because he nearly falls down the well. Yeah. Um, but Coraline saves him and he then crushes the claw and then they throw it and the key down the well. Yeah. And they close the well. And, and uh, then Coraline, yeah. Coraline tells YB that he should bring his grandma by the house so she can like explain everything. So the both of them can explain everything to her. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of it. There's a... Yeah. There's, there's a, like a party oh, yeah, she says. End, yeah. She says, I'm glad you decided to stalk me. And then um, YB says, it wasn't my idea. And they both like look at the cat and the cat like tilts its head and they tilt their head. So it's like, oh, the cat was like, the cat knows the other mother's prerogative. So he's yeah. looking out for like, because there's like, usually kids aren't allowed like in the house because of this exact reason. Uh, yeah, then they have a garden party. Bobinski plants some beets. Um, the mice told Bobinski that uh, Coraline is their savior. Yeah. Um and YB YB's grandma arrives and um Coraline's like I have so much to tell you. Yeah. Uh and then the camera kinda yeah pulls out and we just see the cat kinda disappearing between but like in the in the sign, which is a pretty cool little effect. And it's um mm. yeah, it's a pretty cool it's got a little bit of an edge to that ending. It's not like the easiest ending ever. I don't know. There's something about it that's kinda like there's a little bit of a little bit of a creepy music at the end, and the cat still disappears. So it's like a little bit supernatural. So it's got like this little thing of, you know, something's, something's on. So yeah, yeah it's a nice ending. I liked it. It's not you know. It's good. Um, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that's Coraline. That's Excellent the end of the film. That is Coraline. Yeah, good stuff. Good film. Uh, great watch. I would really recommend it. Yeah, big. No fucking yeah. Applause for the people who made this shit. Uh, years and years of fucking work. I, 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 when I was watching the documentary, there was a lady who was in charge of knitting the sweaters for the characters, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah. designing a sweater and knitting it takes me between six weeks and six months." I was like, "Holy Jesus. fucking shit! You can work half a year on a sweater for a little doll thing." Amazing. She knits them. She had to knit the sweaters with like a needle that was like the size of a human hair. Yeah, it's crazy. Insane. This thing that the the amount of work that goes into a stop motion film is absolutely insane. Yeah, it is insane. It's it is incredible. Insane. So uh, um, yeah, uh, amazing job. Uh, yeah, I think it paid off. It's a great film. Uh, yeah. Really worth watching. So, so uh, much. Eh? Yeah. So the film Coraline that we yeah. just watched. Yeah, the film Coraline. You didn't watch it, but I watched it. Um, yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to look at the characters though. Um, um, the yeah, film yeah. Coraline. Yeah. Fuck can't kill. Okay, so the film we've Coraline, not got a very big amount of uh, options. To be fair, yeah. To be fair, Coraline is not a film that has any sort of sexual energy to it. There's no sex in this film, and except for the titty joke, which is also not very sexual at all. Honestly, it's no. it's a film devoid of sexuality in any form. It is a kids' film, one would say. Um, yeah. So because of this, uh, I'm gonna fuck uh, Neil Gaiman. Uh, oh, because he looks, uh, he, I like his style. You know, he's got this kind of scruff, scruffy kind of look to him. I don't know what he looks like. Uh, Google it. He, he looks pretty cool. I, I oh, like his yeah, style. Yeah. He's got this mm. kind of scruffy. 
you know, artist's look. And uh, he's clearly a very talented man. And because of this, I would, uh, you know, I wouldn't mind engaging in sexual activity with him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna haunt, um, I'm gonna haunt Mr. B. Uh, I'm gonna haunt him with, with visions of Chernobyl. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. B. He's a nice man. He should. You're right a on. terrible human being. I'm gonna be like the night. I'm gonna be. You know what? I'm gonna be the ghost that kind of haunts him with those visions so that he can get over it. You know, it's like I'm one of those ghost <gasps> yeah. films where it's like I'm the ghost that like kind of the thing that doesn't that couldn't die so I keep coming back but that ultimately is a good thing because he can move on. Ah, uh, that's so nice of you. Um see that's a that's a new way to do the haunt. We never did that one before so there you go. Mm. <laughs> uh yeah, and I'm going to kill um what am I going to kill? I'm going to kill uh all the beetle chocolates cuz they were Pretty disgusting. So I'm just gonna mercy squash killing? all of them. Is it a mercy killing? No, it's a, it's a hate crime. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I see> Sorry. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, uh, Abby. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes. so, any comments on my choices? Anything else? No, they're say? great. Yeah. Okay. So Abby, uh, in the film Coraline that that we watched. Um, yes. Who do you want to fuck, haunt, and kill? So I guess I'm gonna fuck um, the other father. I like his hair. Okay, all um, right. I like his vibe. He's pretty fun. Don't you um, mind that he's so, kind of falling apart? No, I'll fuck him when he's at his best. Okay. I'm gonna haunt YB because he's like annoying. Okay. And he was nice to Coraline in the other world. So other YB is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. But actual YB, like when she was really expressing some distress, he was like, I gotta go. Hmm. So I think hmm. he's not great. But I mean, I guess he helped her, but I'm still gonna haunt him. Okay. Um, And he also like didn't heed his grandma's advice very well. So that's important. That's true. Yeah, he's got some issues. Um, he's got um, some issues. Especially um, for an gonna... 11 year old boy. Yeah, quite a lot. Um, and then I'm gonna kill um I'm gonna kill I'm gonna kill other mother but like when she's this, the supreme spider because I just really I really don't like spiders okay well that's fair enough you know uh spiders are pretty pretty creepy uh okie dokie yeah there we go that's um that's our that's our that's our game that's the titular we game did it. out of the way <laughs> we're titular. all done titular titular <laughs> tit tit um yeah keep 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 on keep on keeping on but uh in general keep on keeping on keep um yeah uh keep uh, looking out for our other podcasts uh tits typos and tuberculosis soon where we talk about more <laughs> breast related content yes it's it's our breast podcast yet uh, <laughs> we're basically selling out you know we we thought you know there's not enough sex in this uh in this podcast it's not no, like it's we not talk sexy about enough it. yeah it's not sexy each enough. episode um Mache, what what film are we gonna talk about next week yeah uh, next week we're gonna be talking about the classic horror film the silence of the lambs uh 
Abby has never seen it it before. Mm -hmm. I started watching Hannibal um, a while ago. I have not continued watching it. I did enjoy it, but I just can't know. I can't watch it anymore. Yeah. And uh, and we're going to have a special guest on on the show to talk about Silence of the Lambs. We're going to have our good friend Sonia. She's from Jaws. She's from Jaws. Uh, She's American, so, you know. So she's from Jaws. We'll do our best, but, you know. I I just want you to be prepared, listener. Be prepared for that. Uh, That's gross. um, I'm sorry. Anyways, uh, but please subscribe, though. That would be really nice of you. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have a a schedule. Probably it's already there at this point when you're listening to it, hopefully. Um, So, you know, it'll be a highlight on our Instagram, FHK Podcast. Yeah. Uh, FHK Podcast. We have a yeah, that's our website as well. FHKpodcast.com. Check out the the cool fucking drawing that we talked about last time. So it's still there. Nice. It's really nice. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, stay safe out there. Thanks, Wash your hands. Uh, be cautious. Uh, take care of your mental health. And uh, yeah, try to have a good time. I'm, I'm having a better time recently, and I would recommend that if you can, obviously, do your best. <laughs> I would recommend that's having a, a better time. That, that sounds like such a fucking patronizing thing to say. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just hope you're doing okay. Yeah, please keep your your vagina pH um well. Uh yes. Wash your PP. Thank you, uh, buddy. Wash yeah, wash your PP at least once a week, please. At least. At least once a week. Or you know, just get around to it at some point. It's like exactly the same as with teeth, right? At least once a week. Yeah, yeah, only once a week. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Don't worry no, about it, guys. Hygiene. Who is she? Yeah, oh, what no, are you gonna do? I'm busy. What are you gonna do with that penis now, anyways? The lockdown. <laughs> <laughs>